Crow, you want to hear a joke? Yes. What's invisible and smells like carrots? I don't know. Rabbit farts. <laughs> On this episode of Another Digital Citizen, we will talk of News of the Week, TV of the Week, Castle Rock Episode 8 Review, Total Warrior Podcast Review, Movies of the Week, and another digital review of Kin. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and uh, gentlemen, and welcome to this, what I think is going to be a long podcast. Uh, welcome to another Digital Citizen, and welcome to episode 152, and let's say hi to Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. I also predict this may be a little bit of a long podcast, but it's just because we it, we didn't add any segments or anything. There's just so much to talk no. about this week. There's so much to cover. This week, yeah. we, we, we have a lot to discuss, and I know that I'm going to rant about some things that have happened this week, and uh, yeah. Yes, yep. there's plenty of ranting to be had, I guarantee you, in this episode. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the worst, best podcast in the world, so we have a lot that we... I'm going to be ranting quite a bit about that. I've got, rant, I've, I've got rants written down about this Total Warrior podcast we're going to talk about. Disgusting, uh, really. But continue. The biggest commercial. For, right, we'll get uh, into it. Let's not. Yeah, let's not get into it. How was your week, bro? <laughs> What'd you do this week? Do you know what? This week felt super long. Oh, okay. I yeah. I I was like, this has been one week that's been really dragging, uh, mostly because. Uh, on Monday, uh, I was on what I call the fat hospital for the first time. Um, I'm uh, looking into getting a, a gastronomic bypass operation right, in my okay. stomach. Yeah. And uh, I was there to like. Uh, find out if I was in like El- eligible, was, right? They or, only give them to certain people, like people that are at a very specific, you know, uh, mass, I guess, compared to like how, how their height and everything, like the gender and things like that, right? Yes, right. 
And uh, also, since I already have this stomach operation, uh, there could be some stupid things that uh, had complications with that and things like that. Right. So I was. I know there's nervous. a couple different ways you can do it, though. So maybe they'll have a, a different yeah, option yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, if I didn't do it uh, the official way, I'd pay. I think. I think. Someone said 110,000 Norwegian crowns, around uh, $10,000. Right, to have it done privately or something? Yes. Right. Uh, that's what it costs in Norway. But uh, thankfully, I was uh, inside all the margins and things like that. So now I get to know how much I have to lose and things like that before the operation and I have to go of course and I have to see doctors and I have to talk to people that's going to talk to me about the right way of eating and yeah things like that right it's going to be a big life change but we'll be going through it with you here on the podcast for so we got your back yep yeah no no I I never said it I love this I, this is one of my favorite Things that I learned from when I was a Mormon. I'm going to tell you a really short Mormon story now. There's a picture in every like Mormon church where Jesus Christ is a uh, picture is there, and he has his uh, arms wide open, and he's in heaven, and it says, and I'm an old man. "Sorry." <laughs> yes. Yes. And he said, uh, uh, on that picture, it said, I never said it would be easy. I only said it would be worth it. And that is something that had follow, has followed me through, through the years. And I kind of has as a motto. Sure. It's my privately like motto. Like, I never said it would be easy. I only said it would be worth doing something. So, yeah, no, I know it's not going to be easy. I have to uh, lose over 20 kilos. And if you ask somebody much that is, it's a lot. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of kilos. Right. We don't use kilos in America, but we are taught them in school, bro. So don't... (laughs) We're we're taught metric. We just don't use it here in America. Right. Yeah. So no, my my week has been uh, a week of waiting for that to happen. Yeah, that would slow so, down time. Actually, we're going to talk yeah. about that in the news. <laughs> it's slowing down yeah. time. Uh, WCWC show this week, fro. So I went watched wrestling for whatever nine hours over two days. Um, pretty good stuff. Uh, some heel turns and some face turns and some title changes and. A guitar hero guitar exploding and flying into the crowd, which was a little dangerous, but it was it was all fun. Cool. Oh, and my birthday, but I don't really care about my birthday that much. <laughs> yeah, happy belated birthday. Happy belated birthday. <sighs> oh yeah, thank you. Um, you want to go How into the old stats are you this year? right here? Um, thirty-five. Thirty-five. <laughs> I never rem- I I, don't, I barely keep track but I, yeah. uh I, I'm pretty sure it's 35 yeah But it's the beginning <laughs> of the month cuz my next. birthday is at the end of the month right you your yeah. birthday's not too far away bro 
No, it's next week. Six days. Yeah. Two. So yeah, like less than a week away. Now, do you want to do the stats? Stats for the month? Yes. Countries yes. that have been listening to our podcast this month, big bump in views in America. So number one, United States. Number two, the UK. Number three, Norway. Number four, Canada. Number five, France. Uh, and then the, in the top ten, Pakistan, tied with Republic of Korea. Uh, Spain tied with Denmark, and then it goes Brazil, Australia, Ukraine, Indonesia, Germany, and Hungary. Hungary and Germany tied there at the end. Mm, cool. That's what we know of. Right, exactly. Those are the stats That's... we know of. Uh, so if you're out there in another country and we didn't mention it, it's just not, it's because it didn't get recorded on our stats because you're listening to it on some other foreign podcasting source or something like that, so... Yeah, and uh, we sadly don't get any numbers from iTunes, because iTunes... Right, and well, this also doesn't include anything from uh, Stitcher or any of those kind of apps, no. which some of them were on, some of them were not, so I really don't know. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Hey, um, let's go right into the news! Like, like it's how I say it like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you know that uh, a microwave could be used as a weapon? Of course it can, because it uh, has uh, uh, been uh, blamed for uh, getting a diplomat sick in Cuba. Remember we talked about this before, Fro? No. We talked about this when we did the CIA heart attack gun in the main topic. Oh. And we had covered the, this thing in Cuba, but at the time they thought it was um, a sound a sound wave gun that was that was uh, being used, like a sonic fine. a sonic weapon is what they had called it. And yes. now, uh, researchers probing this is according to the Telegraph. Researchers probing mysteriously ailments affect uh, afflicting more than a dozen oh three dozen. Diplomats and their families in Cuba and China believed to be the victim of unconventional microwave weapons. So now they have done some research and they believe it might be microwave weapons, not sonic weapons. Uh, people affected claim they hear intense high-pitched sounds before falling ill with nausea, disease, and severe headaches. The sounds are the reason they thought it was the um, sonic weapons to begin with. Uh like it says, uh, until now, experts suggest that affected diplomats may have been targeted by sonic weapons. A paper published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, so it's a legit medical journal, uh, made no mention of the microwaves as a possibility. But the lead author of the paper, Douglas Smith, the director of the Center for Brain Injury and Repair at the University of Pennsylvania, told the New York Times that microwave weapons were now the main suspect and that his team is increasingly certain the diplomats suffered brain injury from this. Uh, he says, every, this is from the Douglas Smith, everybody was relatively skeptical at first. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I think I was too. And everyone yeah. now agrees that there's something there. So this is really interesting. Wow. This is almost as interesting as the Brett Kavanaugh hearing going on, by the way. That is not it's... interesting. It's incredibly boring. I don't know why you would say that's interesting. <laughs> is that just a segue? That was just a really poor segue. 
<laughs> it's so like I, I I I watched some of it and it's like like it's like watching paint dry. <laughs> right. I mean, if, uh, uh, we don't have it in our news because, to be honest, it's a boring thing to talk about for a podcast. But yeah, I I'm guessing he'll probably go through, and my guess is Democrats will vote for him to get in. So there you go, done wow. and done. Yay, yay. But uh, let's go to Norway, and uh, but not the local this time, because this is actually being international news. Not here so in America, it hasn't. <laughs> Nobody well, Huffington Post is right. Uh, it's not really an, it's an online newspaper. If you look up MSNBC, CNN, uh, NBC, any of any like major news network here, they're not covering this as a story. I wonder why. It's not being covered in BBC, it's not being covered in The Guardian, none, none of the major newspapers in the UK are all are covering this either. But continue. Mm, I wonder why. Could it be because he's from a place? Well, a Norwegian police launched investigation into the disappearance of a WikiLeaks associate. Uh, his name is Arjan Kampus. I actually have uh heard of this guy i think i met him once wow really what that's random um, okay yeah what uh yeah. like um in a work setting or you were friend. like at a ted talk or what no here's the thing uh look i have a friend of mine that i uh uh that i knew for some years ago, uh, a, a female friend of mine, and she she's kind of into conspiracy theories and things like that. And uh, I met her once uh, with my wife. And this has to be many many years ago, and she was on that same party. Oh, okay. You were at the same at the same party as the guy. All right. Yes. Continue the story. Norwegian police has launched yes, uh, and he's a Dutch uh, cyber security expert and WikiLeaks uh, associate that had uh, least uh, been seen two weeks ago in Norway. WikiLeaks uh, posted an updated tweet Sunday, Saturday. Sorry about this uh, strange disappearance of a man that described himself as a digital self-defense professional. That's a cool name. Uh, Compass was 47, uh, was last seen 20th of August, checking out of his hotel in the Norwegian town of Buda. His schedule was fly to Amsterdam two days later for uh, uh, out of Trondheim for 450 miles south of Buda. Uh, we have started an investigation. A Norwegian police uh, spokesman told Agent France uh, <coughs> police uh, won't speculate about what happened to him. Uh, well, that's because they haven't found him yet. Or any uh, evidence, it seems like. Otherwise, they probably would have some speculation. But maybe they're just keeping it under, you know, keeping it tight lipped. Right. Information about his disappearance was first listed on Twitter on Friday by Ancelia van der Lest, uh, 
a member of the Dutch Pirate Party and a privacy activist. Friends, colleagues, and family, we are very, very worried, she wrote. One, their last contacted police and newspaper uh, and an investigate uh, cyber network uh, to get the word out about her missing friends. Yeah, right. Um... Like you said, uh, after that on Sat Saturday, uh, WikiLeaks put out their tweet. So she put out a tweet, and then right after that, WikiLeaks the next day put out a tweet of their own. Uh, and it's it's kind of funny. Uh, I like uh, this party that we were going to because uh, um, was for a Norwegian uh, um, uh, Norwegian. Uh, Piracy tracker. That was uh, why I think he was interested in being there because he was in in the into the piracy movement. Right. It says here uh, his disappearance has triggered a slew of conspiracy theories on Twitter, particularly given his connection to WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. So mm -hmm. that's really the big thing here is that people are the conspiracy theories have already started that. He's been taken out by, you know, the U.K. government or the U.S. government or a combination of governments to try to silence him because he's uh, associated with WikiLeaks. Um, other theories include that he is, I guess, an avid hiker, and some speculate that he could be lost or injured in the wilds of Norway. But that seems unlikely right. considering that he had a plane to catch when we just read that, right. that he had a plane to catch right. two days out, two days later. So. Right. No, that, uh, that I don't. I don't believe that uh, for one fucking second that uh, he would be lost in Norway. I I think sadly something criminal has happened to him. Uh, if I I bring two plus two together and get four, right? It seems like it it, it is strange uh, that uh, nobody has heard from him for two fucking weeks when he was supposed to get into an airplane like ours right and he had i guess in the last day. month is when i posted a little ted talk he did about uh uh online or internet privacy and he had did, did that like a couple weeks or uh, a month before this disappearance happened so it's like that happened right. then he get then he disappears and now um the story's finally coming out so interesting story hopefully yeah. He gets found in his safe, and it's all just a misunderstanding, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Hopefully. Uh, let's talk about uh, LBG, LGBT rights in uh, Malaysia. A Malaysian woman is canned for attempting to have uh, lesbian sex. Two this women, pretty... actually. There's two Malaysian yeah. women, yeah. This is pretty awful. Yeah, it says here two Malaysian women were convicted of attempting to have lesbian sex. Attempting. Mm -hmm. They weren't attempting. having lesbian sex. They were attempting to. This is even worse, in my opinion. Uh, in a car, they have been caned in a religious court. Okay, religious court. That's even crazier. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, it's a Sharia law high court. No wonder. Yeah. Uh, Age 22 you know, and 32 were each caned six times in the Sharia High Court, uh, the state of Tengaru. Yeah. Another place I, I won't uh, 
with it. According to official, this is the state's first conviction of same-sex relations and its first public caning. Uh, human rights activists have reacted with outrage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, homosexuality <laughs> activity I, I is, wonder why. <laughs> is illegal under both secular and religious laws in the country. Caning was witnessed by more than 100 people, according to a local news outlet. So, yeah, this is terrible. <sighs> I mean, it's just sad that we still live in a world where this kind of thing is happening. But it also puts into perspective kind of like when people... Maybe you're a little too entitled and you feel like, oh, the, the people who feel like the world is a certain way and it should live up to their expectations. Like, you got to remember there's places like this in the world where these kind of things are still happening. You know what I mean? Right. Puts your because life into perspective, that, I think. That's my biggest problem is when things things like this happen. I, I think to myself, like, like, Muslims should get themselves a good, like, PR firm. A better PR firm than people that are acting like this. Like, uh, I remember, uh, like, there was this uh, interview with uh, the Norwegian leader of uh, what we in Norway called Islam Nordic Council. Um, and he, he was like, uh, yeah, w would you... Would you here now condemn uh, the things that are uh, uh, like getting done to women that are in your country uh, or homosexuals and things like that? And he's like, no, I can't condemn that. And I go like, fucking just say it. Are you, are you that afraid of your fucking own religion? Are you that afraid of like people uh, being on their high horse like fucking hell like it this would I, i'm 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 sorry this would never ever happen in a modern religious country i guess I, it is, modern religious country is a little strange because they're saudi arabia they chop people's hands off and it's like one of the right. rich, richest countries in the world so eh, right. you know <laughs> it's a little weird but like i said it kind of puts things into perspective if you're somebody not in one of those places you got to realize hey maybe i do have it better than i thought um you know in wrestling fro there's the yeah. Sing singapore cane yes you know where that originated from no uh, in Thailand, in the 90s, there was a man, who, I think he spit gum on the sidewalk, uh, okay. an American, and he was caned in Thailand for uh, spitting gum on the sidewalk. I think that's what it was, or maybe it was just spitting on the sidewalk in general. Um, but okay. uh, then ECW, the original ECW, they picked it up because it was a big story in the news at the time, and they made a Singapore cane match to kind of... Mm. To make the to get it, you know, it was a big hardcore yeah. company and everything at the time. And since then, the Singapore cane has been a big thing in wrestling, and it's all because of a guy being caned in Thailand. I don't know if, if you knew that. Wow. No, I did not. Hey, talking about time. Um, uh, nope, well, that's the are... next story. Or do you want to yes. do that story? Let's do that story, and then we'll do the quantum mechanics story uh, after that. Oh, I, I skipped one? Right, yeah. Oh, sorry about no, that. No, we'll go back. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm really proud to say that we have Nobel Peace Winners. No, not Peace Winners. Sorry. 
we we have Nobel winning uh, teams of. Uh, I think they won in medicine. Yes. Uh, but they now have discovered why time drags or flies. And while winning Norwegian team has discovered a network of brain cells which may hold the key to our subject experience of time. And they did it using chocolate. Edward uh, Moser, the Nobel Peace winning professor at Norwegian University of Science, so maybe they got it in science. Mm. Who knows? And I would guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a postdoctoral researcher, Albert Teso and Jürgen Sugar. That's a cool, cool name. <laughs> I believe that they see the natural clocks cells recorded time by organizing our experience into orderly sequence of events. This means that uh, we have a hard time. Uh, we are hardwired to experience time subjectively, explaining why times that hours to fly and others they drag seemingly without an end. Our study reveals that the brain makes sense of time as an event is experienced. Tasso, who spent twelve years researching the cells. Said in a presser cell, uh, press release. The network does not ex uh, explicitly expose time. Uh, what we measure is rather the subjective time delivered from the ongoing flow of experience. Right. The last part was uh, derived. So we measure uh, rather a subjective time derived from the ongoing flow of right. experience. So they're saying time is not, to us, like, subjective time, how long it feels or how short it feels, is dependent on the experience you're experiencing at the time you're experiencing it. Does that make sense? So yes. if you're doing something that is maybe really, really fast-paced, uh, and it's making your mind move really fast, time is going to move by faster. Whereas if you're sitting around waiting for test results like Fro was, it's going to move by a lot slower. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. It uh, it is it is interesting that we we in Norway have uh, 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 science on this. I mean, uh, I, I remember when I uh, do you remember a country. Uh, having like the slogan like the where times fly and uh, no, where times stands still as their slogan. Uh, sounds familiar, but I don't remember. Yeah, no, but uh, I, 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 I think I think that's something like uh, it's it is something really Norwegian about this because like I I hear that a lot like uh, people that uh, visit Norway is like. Yeah, it's like the pl place where time stands still. When they go to, like, for ex for example, like the museums in Norway, we have a huge m museum in the middle of Oslo called Bygde uh, Folke Museum, where they have a lot of like old buildings from 
the Viking times and like showing people like how people lived in back in the days and things like that. So, oh, okay. Tis it here, is, time is a yeah. non-equilibrial equilibrial process. It is always unique and changing. If the network was indeed coding for time, the signal would have changed with time in order to to record experiences as unique memories. So he's also saying that uh, we, your brain compensates, like making time slower and faster, to create memories that you can remember easier. So that that right. they're saying that's why the perception of ch- time also changes. Is there's also a secondary reason to create memories? Uh, that's super interesting. Yeah. Hey, look, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Right. Well, according to this uh, article, both. Uh, the chicken or the egg paradox was first proposed by f- uh, ancient Greek philosophers describing the problem uh, determining cause and effect. Now a team of physicists in the University of Queensland at the Niel, Niel Institute has Niel. shown that yeah. as far as quantum physics are concerned, the chicken and the ang- egg can both be co- both come first. Um, mm. Dr. Jacques Rom- Romeo, he must be a heartthrob, uh, from the Arc Center for Excellence <laughs> for Engineering Quantum Systems, said that the quantum physics cause and effect is not always straightforward as one event causing another. Uh, he says, take example for a Take the example of a daily trip to work where you travel partly by bus and partly by train. Normally, you would take the bus, then the train, or the other way around. In our experiments, both of these events can happen first. Uh, This is called infinite casual order and isn't something that we can observe in in our everyday life. Uh, It's observed in the lab. The researchers use the setup called a photonic quantum switch. Okay. Uh, by measuring the polarization of the photons at the output of the quantum switch, we were able to show the order of transformations on the shape of light was not set. Uh, this is just first proof proof of the principle, but on a larger scale, infinite casual order can have real practical ap- applications like making computers more efficient uh, and improving communication. They're talking about quantum computing right here, is what right, they're saying. Right. Like, this is a step towards uh, quantum computing, which is crazy. One of my favorite pictures in the world is like, uh, there's a chicken and the egg in, in bed, and, and, and uh, the chicken is smoking, and, and, uh, uh, and they have clearly have had sex, and the chicken says, well, I guess we know the question to that. No, I guess we know the answer to that question. <laughs> oh, what these guys are saying is on like a quantum, me- me- yeah, 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 mo- like molecular level, which I guess is where we like any kind of life form would have started. Right, is at like a right. molecular level where we start as like a single celled, uh, molecular, uh, kind of uh, bacteria or something like that. Um, they're saying that on a quantum level chicken and the egg could have started like they simultaneously could have been the same thing which i guess that makes sense mm. hey uh heroin and fentanyl is not good mix is it 
I, right, I don't, I'm not really, well, let's read into this. Uh, heroin fentanyl mix led to drug exposure concerns in prison. Does this sound like a story we have covered at any point, Fro? Mm-hmm, it does. A substance that led to nearly 30 people at an Ohio prison being treated for drug exposure, uh, or suspected exposure, was a mixture of heroin and fentanyl, says State Highway Patrol. Uh, prison guards, nurses, and inmates at Ross Correctional Institute uh, Institution were treated Wednesday with an anti-overdose drug, naloxone, after an inmate showed signs of over drug overdose and some people experiencing symptoms consistent with exposure to opi- opioid fentanyl. Hmm, this sounds so familiar. Law enforcement officers routinely use gloves when responding to overdoses to avoid possible exposure. Didn't we find out that it's, you can't just touch fentanyl and right. it'll, it'll, you'll get exposed to it? Right. We already yeah. found that out. Go back and listen to our fentanyl lace flyer conspiracy episode. Yes. Uh, if you want to hear that episode again. Um, Where we debunk it, spoiler alert. Wednesday... Pennsylvania state prisons were put on lockdown after employees at 10 prisons recently required treatment from exposure to an unidentified substance. The Maryland Department of Public Safety and Correctional Services temporarily suspended visits to the correctional facilities in response to the incident. Uh, I'm going through this to find if they say that any of these people were tested for any kind of drugs. Looking... So you think that... I, I'm, I'm going to guess no. Uh, authorities say that a total of 31 inmates were evacuated and from the affected unit at the prison and relocated to other prisons while hazmat team clean up the area. This sounds so strangely familiar. Right. <laughs> Sellers uh, wouldn't provide details Thursday on the continuing investigation of what happened in the prison. Hmm, that sounds suspicious. Uh, mm-hmm. roughly 44 miles from Columbus, but he said the day before that the substance possibly was dispersed in the air by a fan. Well, I'm going to have to do a little research, but my guess is heroin and fentanyl can't be spread in the air by a fan. I'm going to go I'm, out on the limb and say this is all bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb and say this is bullshit as well. <laughs> what are the chances that it also just happened to happen to a bunch of cops as well, right? Yes, yes, yes. The only people that get it's affected by these things so are cops strange. for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like it's fake or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say 100% definitively that this one this one is no, fake, no, but like no. we went into no. the other one and it was so proved that it was fake that it's really hard to believe when you come out with another story yes. like this that it's going to be real. But yes. Uh, talking about uh, medical research, uh, brain scans show that uh, cannabis extract may help uh, people uh, with psychosis. Cannabinoid? 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 Cannabinoids? Yes. Reduces the brain's activity linked to hallucinations, uh, delusions, and other forms of uh, psychosis. Uh, research has found uh, brain scans uh, has revealed for the first time how a substance found in cannabis uh, plants can help 
people with psychosis disorder by damping down abnormal brain activity that arises uh, in arises in uh, the patients. I'm not really surprised by this, to be honest. Okay. Why not? It's uh, because it sounds. Uh, it uh, it sounds. Uh, reasonable because uh, I've I've tried cannabis and uh, it got me calm. So why wouldn't it get someone with a course right to psychosis? calm them down? Right, but it's also saying yeah. it will uh, help with hallucinations and delusions and other form of psychosis. So I think it's a little deeper right. than just calming you down. Like it actually. True calms down maybe the voices in your head would be a good way to say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A single dose of cannabidoil, uh, a non-intoxic uh, extraction of the plant, reduces the usually patterns of na- natural behavior linked to hallucinations, <laughs> delusions, and other uh, symptoms of the psychosis, yes. It says in here, fact, uh, the res- uh, it says... One of the main researchers, we knew the, from previous studies that CBD had antipsychotic effects, but we didn't know how it worked. Uh, the researchers right. recruited 33 people who had all sought help for my, mild or occasional psychotic symptoms, uh, such as hearing voices or having paranoid delusions. A single dose of cannabinol was given to 16 of them, while the remaining 17 received an identical-looking placebo. So that's how this, right. the test worked. Yeah. Uh, if uh, anyone has seen Reefer Madness, um, <laughs> a really good movie, by the way, um, they gave the opposite of, uh, kind of uh, view in that in that movie that you actually get psych- uh, uh, psychotic. Get psychotic, time. right? That's true. I, yeah. I forgot about that. The one guy who's all like, yeah. <laughs> like look all crazy. Yeah. It says here, if the trial show uh, the trial shows efficiency, then the next step will be to get through the regulatory hurdles of using CBD in the clinical uh, in the clinic to treat patient patients. Right. So they still got to go through the regulatory bullshit, but we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I think this is good news. To be honest with you, I think it's just I think it's an inevitable thing that now that the laws are getting a little more lax, like. We covered right. a while ago that in the UK they made it legal to start doing studies on it to see what the actual effects were. And now that the studies are coming out, it's proving, hey, this actually does help medically. Uh, where before, it just there weren't any studies being done because they weren't allowed to. And that's why we didn't have any of these results. But like you said before, I'm not surprised. So, No. Are you good at dancing? I, pro- I, was, uh, I was all right at dancing when I was younger. I don't really dance anymore. No. No. No, me neither. I can't dance. Uh, Theresa May can't dance. And we're going to watch her dance because she has danced in Africa. And I, I, I've i seen this clip before and I've laughed uh, a lot. Right. I, I've seen the memes. There are memes out there. Yeah. People have taken her out and, you know, green screened <laughs> her out and then just replaced other things. But yeah, well, we're going to yeah. watch the original. Yes, we are. In three, two, one, go. Good. 
oh my god. doing? It's, it's the take the things off the shelf dance. I got my shopping cart. I'm at the grocery store. Get the thing off she's, the shelf. She's, she's mimicking <laughs> the person in front of her. Very badly. Very badly. She has absolutely zero rhythm. And it looks like at all times she has no idea what to do with her hands. She looks like Ricky Bobby in that scene where he's being interviewed in Talladega Nights where he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands! And they're all like sticking up in please, the camera. Can we please watch that one more time? Yeah, I mean, it's 30 seconds long. We can watch it again, sure. Okay, one more time. Three, two, one, play. Just look at her. Like, she's grabbing things. Yeah, that, that's... It looks like she's shopping. That is an old school, like, dance from, like, I think the 70s or something. It was like, the sh uh, grab the thing off the shelf. You got the shopping cart. It was yeah. like this stupid dance that people made up. <laughs> and, um, do you see that guy in the background? Eric Solheim? He's Norwegian. Oh, the only other white guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's Norwegian. So, um, I'm, I'm really proud to have a Norwegian into this meme. <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> very awful. funny. So oh, uh, hey, did you know that liberals love John McCain? I didn't know that. Well, they seem to have started to love John McCain after he died. So, yeah. Ah. Trump is going to tell the truth about that. This is Trump with Trump tells the truth. I tried to start this segment three times, and I didn't know how to put it in words, because it's not very nice to talk, pe talk about people who died, not especially people who done a lot for their country, in, like John McCain did, but I have to, because there was an article in one big Norwegian webpage a few days ago who answered, asked the question, why does liberal love John McCain that much? I wonder too. Because he's, he's a lot, John McCain is suddenly a brother from another mother. The bar for what liberals can tolerate and think is okay in the United States and elsewhere is very low. John McCain loved war. Well, he didn't love torture, but he definitely loved war because he voted from one of those wars the United States have gone to. Libya, Afghanistan, and Iraq. Yes, three wars had destabilized the Middle East like hell. So why do we love him that much? Because he stand up against Bush? Or he stand up against Trump? Yeah. Not. I don't think so. I don't think we should give him that honor. I think it was funny to see that George Bush talked in his funeral. Everybody know what George Bush did, but at least but anyway he let George Bush, who treated him like shit during the primaries in two thousand, talk in his funeral. John McCain was a man who went through terrible things. The, the things that were done to him, I would not wish my worst enemy. But I cannot call him a liberal hero. And liberals just start wondering, asking themselves, why? This has happened before, when suddenly Obama talked nice about Ronald Reagan. Is there like no principle left? Are people who should people political record not by cannot be threatened? Because John McCain, George W. Bush, and Ronald Reagan is like all the other conservatives. All the conservatives who've been running the world for the last thirty years and done a terrible job. John McCain 
maybe it was a bipartisan man who tried to be the level with Democrats and knew how the liberal world, world order functioned and showed respect to our allies. But he was not a liberal hero, and I'm very glad that he never became president of the United States. John McCain shall have thanks for his service for his country, but not, f- not for, the, for the politics he was, he was voting for and what kind of society he wanted America to be. This is Trump, but Trump tells the truth. That was uh, Trump telling the truth about John McCain. Um, we have a Facebook page. It's another digital citizen on Facebook. Please go and visit that. Uh, I'm off Facebook again, but who cares? Oh, because it's September? Right. September! Right, I saw the thing about the whole, what is it called? No scroll? Is that what it is? No scroll September? Scroll free September or something, yeah. Uh, and I saw who this is being pushed by, and I was like, okay, this is just being pushed by the government. This is a little weird. <laughs> it's a little strange who's, uh, who's pushing it, but sure. Yeah. Um, and we have an email address. It's anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Has uh, Jeremy said something this week? Uh, no. No. Uh, <laughs> I got something to say about Tron Tells the Truth, though. Uh... Oh, as far okay. as John McCain goes, um, the reason the left, after John McCain died, decided that they w- they wanted to mourn him and uh, call him like a, g- a great American hero, even though he voted for every war, including the Iraq War, uh, is because that he was against Trump, and the left is now embracing anybody against Trump. Like Hitler could come yeah. back to life, and if he was against <laughs> Trump, they would be for Hitler. They were like. Please say that you're against Trump. <laughs> that's really what it is. Yeah. That's sad and true. Right. <laughs> it is true, though. And it's kind of sad. It, yeah, I, I think it's going to blow over eventually, but that's just, it's the climate and the where we are in the world right now, so. Mm. Mm, that's true. Uh, you and me have uh, not watched anything on TV this week, uh, so I don't know why we bother to talk about it. Uh, this week has been, been a lot of TV, Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, let's get it out of the row way. Celebrity Big Brother. Wow, what a week. What a crazy week in Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, <laughs> where do we really start here? I I, I really, really don't know. Um, I guess I'll just start at the beginning and just kind of describe, because most people probably haven't seen it. Um, uh, there was a part, part shown in the show where, um, a guy, what's his name? Uh, I don't remember the the guy's name, but he's playing around with... He's shadowboxing. Right, or like, kind of like going... Yes. Go, and you go up to someone and go, hey, and you, like, kind of do little punches ah! at them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he does that to her, and he's kind of, like, you know, bouncing around her in a circle and smiling, right. and she even laughs about it and says, uh, oh, and you got me, or says, something like that. Oh, you got me, and he says, sorry, right away. It's really, really important to the story. Right. That, like, uh, uh, she says, oh, that hurt. He says sorry right away. And then she laughs She laughs and walks and away. And she laughs and goes to the be- bedroom. 
what happens next? Right. So then uh, we don't really know exactly how long it was in between those two things, but something maybe like an hour or, or less. She goes to the oh, diary room. Well, we're because not. I, she... I don't really know. Because we're just well, seeing it well, on on the show, which is edited. It could have been multiple hours, well, for all thing, I know. Well, the thing is, uh, when she go, when 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 you see, because she's on her way, uh, like she goes talk uh, talking about this into the bedroom. She stops in the bedroom, says in the bedroom, and this is like maybe five minutes later, uh, if not even less. Then she goes like. Uh, Big Brother, can you right? Then she goes to the the diary room. But I'm saying, as far as a show, Fro, you got to remember this is edited. She could have been in that bedroom for two hours. We really don't know. Mm. Yes, that's how (laughs) editing works. Uh, I guarantee you, as an editor, I could I could make it look like that. Um, but in any case, it doesn't matter the timeline. It's really not not important to the to the story. Um, she goes in the diary room, she gets to the producer of the show, and tells them that she was beaten up by this man, and that he intentionally attacked her and punched her in the ribs uh, multiple times uh, multiple as times. an act of aggression. She said he yes. did it to hurt her. He did it to injure her body, is what she was yes. implying. Now, what? What? you go ahead and tell what happened after that, Fro. Uh... The thing is, like, and and uh, Big Brother uh, now gets him into the diary room, gets him a verbal warning uh, that uh, he hit uh, someone that he was not uh, supposed to do that. She goes... Um, well, you should say they after they reviewed the footage. Because the Big right, Brother reviews after, the footage, and then they... Right. If, let's say... Even, let's say it was two guys, and a guy punched another guy in, in the face. That guy would be instantly right. kicked out. That's an important thing to right. put it here. So they yes. give him a verbal warning after they review, review the footage. Okay, keep going. And uh, uh, she uh, gets in her head uh, that this was done with malicious, this was done uh, uh, to get her. And she gets so scared, so she uh, wants to sleep in another bedroom, right? Right, she keeps telling Big Brother, how can you let him stay in here? How can you let somebody who beats on women stay in this house? Uh, But we know that they reviewed the footage, so Big Brother has seen what actually happened, right? Yes, And, and I have seen it from so many times from multiple angles and slow motion and things like that, but we will talk about that. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, and uh, sh- the day after, she starts talking to other people about this. He, he, she goes and talks shit behind his back, more or less, saying that uh, he has beaten uh, her to other to... A- other house guests. She started with yes. the guy she's closest to, uh, Ben or whatever, who ended up right. getting kicked out of the house this week. Uh, right. But she goes to him, and then he kind of went to some other people and halfway told them. And then after he halfway right. told them, then she fully told them. So now, whatever half, maybe three quarters of the rest of the house thinks that this guy is a woman beater, and they're all living in this house with a woman beater. Right. And 
he goes to confront him. Uh, this woman beater, and I'm I'm putting my my. It's kind of hard to say that I'm 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 using goose eyes there, but I am <laughs> because he didn't beat her at all, and and uh, he confronts him with this, and he's like totally denying it uh, right away. He's like, no, I didn't beat her. I didn't do anything. I, I didn't hit her. And they go like, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. And then they start like asking her, like, did, did this absolutely happen? And she's like, yeah, it absolutely happened. And she starts crying and bawling. And, and she's, you know, they start feeling really bad for her because she's, you know, crying her eyes out. And they really believe that this this whole right. thing. Uh, so then Ben, I guess we'll move r- right to Ben getting kicked out. Ben gets kicked out that, right. say, like that, that, uh, Tuesday or whatever it was. Yeah. They... And they go, go yeah, ahead. And the crowd goes, what, what are they saying? Uh, Roxanne? get, get Roxanne out or get Roxy out. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah, at that so, point, something. everybody knew that the British public is not on her side, even though she's crying and everything. Uh, right. Then Ben gets out of the house. They do the whole interview with him, and they show him the footage of what actually happened. And he's yeah. going, "Wow, I feel like a freaking idiot that got played yeah. by this girl." Yeah. Um. And then finally, the next day, I think it was the psychic lady Sally who finally was like yeah. the voice of reason. The psychic was the voice of reason who finally said, yeah. "Don't you think if he did something really bad, he would have already been kicked out of the house?" <laughs> I know. And the one guy's like, "Oh yeah." And oh, yeah. He, he goes to he goes to Big Brother and goes, "Uh, why didn't you kick him out of the house?" And Big Brother goes, "You got to think uh why we would have why wouldn't we have kicked him out of the house?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah. cuz they can't really get oh, into specifics." Yeah, yeah. But he's like, "Okay, so he didn't really do anything that bad." So the, everybody in the <laughs> house was like, "Okay, so then the next day, Roxy leaves. She doesn't get kicked out. She leaves the house because she n- yeah. knows that the public's against her, is what I thought. What do you think, Fro? Right. Yeah, no, she totally understood that uh, because they, they, yeah, they said, get Roxy out, get Roxy out, get Roxy out. So she knew that the outside public had seen, you know, the what the real the punch was. Uh, right. And she at least felt like the public was against her. I guarantee you the reason she left is because she didn't... If she would have went out the regular way, she would have had to go gone through that crowd of people just booing and Ooh. hissing and... Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, she, she would not be popular. I can promise you that. Oh, she's she, not popular she now. Is, <laughs> <laughs> by, by default, she's uh, the... Most hated woman in 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 England right now. Yeah, this week. Yeah, the, and she yeah. even said it herself. She said, "I I feel like I'm the most hated woman in the UK." In one interview, and right. and another interview, a woman who's not her says she's the most hated woman in the UK right now. So she definitely right. uh, caused a lot of drama. And the reason it, it, this whole si- situation caused a lot of drama is it, at least the way I see it is it puts mm-hmm. into question the whole idea of just believing women off straight off when yeah. they accuse men of something. Right. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, especially with the Me Too movement, uh, yeah. that was a big thing, is just uh, accepting 
their uh, accusations at, at face value and not questioning it at all until it's proven wrong. Right. Where right. maybe it should be that we prove it one way or another and then decide which side you're going to be on. Especially mm-hmm. when you see this situation, if, like they said, if it wouldn't have been in the Big Brother house with a million cameras around and the same scenario yep. had happened where uh, he went and did that same thing and she went to somebody and said, hey, he punched me, this guy's career would have been career finished. He might have been, yeah. he might have gone to jail for the, you know, yep. um, assault. You know, like, yep. this is very serious stuff. Um, yeah. But we do have to remember one thing about this whole situation is that it's in the Big Brother house. Right. And uh, I, t- I think... Um, I, 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 I have felt really up and down when it comes to this during this week. Because first I was fucking angry at her. Then I felt sad for her. Then I kind of... Uh, because she had uh, two interviews that I watched. She had one with Emma... Uh, on Big Brother Live mm-hmm. that I thought maybe was the most um, where where I thought I didn't I didn't think she was ready to be there to be honest. I, that interview like, was also very cut cut together. Right. Like you could tell right. where all the edits were. Right. It wasn't like a solid just uh, in, in interview from start to finish. They cut out the questions they wanted on it. I mean, t- it, you know. Right. For time reasons, probably, but also probably there were some things they didn't want to have said on this show. But yes, and then she goes on this other show uh, called Jeremy Wine, uh, and I thought her interview on Jeremy Wine was maybe the most sincere interview of her, where where. She ab- apologized to Ryan. Ryan is her, his name. Ryan and Ryan's family, all her friends, people that have been abused. She's says sorry to. Like she goes into this, like yeah, where 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 she she's sorry. But then I saw this uh, Denise Walsh um, that uh, is a member of uh, a program called Loose Woman. Uh, on British TV. Wow, and what a said, name! Okay, yes, That's quite a name for a TV show. All right, yes, um, and and she said, uh, I don't care what she said on Jeremy Wine because uh, the reason uh, why she's saying sorry is not because she's sorry, but because she was caught out. And I'm I'm kind of, and then it comes like more information of that uh, this isn't the only, uh, only uh, time she has accused people of this. Right. And I think that's important. It, it's come out that say. outside the Big Brother house, it, uh, right. uh, she's like an actress, so co-stars of hers have come out um, and told the press that she's done similar things where she's tried to get people in trouble she didn't like using similar tactics Um and they've observed those in the past. So this, uh, you know, I don't know how much I can trust those things because I don't know right. who these people are or whether they're just doing it to get publicity or what. But right. you got to take that as evidence somewhat that 
maybe she did this maybe this is a reoccurring thing for her and it's like a tactic of hers that she uses to manipulate people another option here that uh we haven't mentioned that we'll get into the video if you want to bring that fro up yeah uh she was in the Big Brother house, and we got to remember what the Big Brother house really is. A lot of people think of it as just a silly game show where these idiots get drunk and play games. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. reality of what Big Brother really is, is it's a social experiment in the same sense as the Stanford experiment, which we did on the show. We covered the movie yes. on the show. If you want to go back yes. years and listen to that episode, we covered that, and really, uh, Big Brother is uh, the Stanford experiment, but... Um, made for TV. You know what I mean? It, right. it is the same right. exact scenario. Uh, yes. And if you... What happened in the Stanford experiment is people lost all kind of uh, cognitive uh, reality or they, they lost their sense of self where uh, they got so confused in their own mind they started believing things that weren't true. Hence, what, she, what happened here. She started believing she was mm-hmm. really punched when in actuality she was, it was just playing around. Uh, so right. that could explain it, but like Fro said, um, as far as her, there if there has been a history of her doing this other places outside the Big Brother house, that's not a defense. But I, I mm-hmm. figured if, just to be fair on one side or another, let's play the Stanford experiment interview from an actual member of the experiment uh he played one or he was one of the guards in the original actual stanford prison experiment and he talks about how his mind was affected by being in the experiment uh which like i said was basically exactly like big brother just not for tv so go ahead and give me a countdown fro in three two one play i i had really thought that i was incapable of this kind of behavior i've I was surprised, you know, I was dismayed to find out that I could, uh, I could really be a, uh, <laughs> that I could uh, act in a uh, manner so, so absolutely unaccustomed to anything I would even really dream of doing. And I, <laughs> and while I was doing it, I, uh, I didn't feel any regret, I didn't feel any, uh, uh, guilt. It was only after, afterwards, when I began to reflect on what I had done that this began to, this behavior began to dawn on me, and I realized that this was, uh, uh, this was a part of me I hadn't really noticed before. Mm. That sounds exactly like what happened, doesn't it, Fro? Like, yeah. she found yeah. out afterwards, after she got out, and she went, wow, I didn't know I could even be like that. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. in that way, I kind of want to defend her, but at the same time, like you said, if she's got a history of doing this other places, then there's no defense. And oh, it's horrible absolutely. for yeah. the idea of um, trusting people when they make these kind of accusations. So, I can I go into a kind of a personal story that I never told? Yeah. Uh, I've never, I wanted to say this story, especially when the Me Too movement really started to take off. And I've always felt kind of like I should, I wouldn't be allowed to say it because I would get people attacking me for it. But when I was in high school, I had two friends, a guy and a girl. And there was a big party, hot tub, you know, alcohol, these kind of things. And they hooked up and, uh, it was after I had already left the party. So... Uh, 
they hooked up, and the girl at the time uh, was a lesbian. But she hooked up with this guy, and he, um, she accused him of rape. And uh, the police came to his house, they took him away, they took him to jail, and when she found out he was going to go to jail, she turned back and said, no, I was, I was lying. Um, but if she hadn't have turned around, he would be in jail probably still today. You know what I mean? Um, and that was something that happened in my life. And at the time there was, you know, a week where it was like, she had left it one way or another. Uh, so I was mad at my friend being like, oh my God, how could, I didn't know I could be friends with such a monster. And then I find out it's the opposite and I have to be like, oh my gosh, it was her who was also a friend of mine who was being a monster, like, and I had to, like, switch around in my head, and it was, it really fucked with me, you know what I mean? Like, who, which one mm. of my friends am I supposed to believe here? Who's telling the truth? Uh, it's, it's not always that cut and dry, uh, and maybe it's just because I've experienced that in my life that I'm able to kind of, uh, articulate it, but, um, it's a hard thing to go through for people on the outside for when those kind of, uh, accusations come up, so, yeah. And I can, um, I'm sorry for crying, but uh, I also, <laughs> strangely enough, have, have uh, um, a story about this. I was together with this girl for uh, two years of my college. Uh, her name was Anmari. And uh, my mom found out really early that uh, she had uh, accused other boys of hitting her. Okay. Um, without any... M- maliciously or something, yeah. Right, and no pol- police reports and things like that. And she told me, like, you have to watch out for this girl. And I was like, ha, 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 she will never do that. Um, then I felt for her, like, I, 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 I felt for her, and I was, I was 17, and she was the first one that I had, uh, like, any, like, sexual, uh, experience with, mm-hmm. uh, okay. with. so I was really under her. Na- you were naive self. at the time, right? Yeah, I- extremely naive, yeah. And the first time we broke up, she told people, I hit her. It was like her go-to, to get back at people. Yeah. That's terrible. And, and um, I didn't have the spirit to say anything against it, because I was thinking that uh, I turned... A lot around in my sleep and I maybe had hit her during the night okay so now you're rationalizing it to yourself because right. okay that's terrible and and I, I I thought to myself like I'll I'm I'm sure she's not lying I'm sure she she's not lying. She doesn't have any excuse to lie. Like why 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 would she lie about something about this? So strangely enough, look, I started believing it myself. 
Like no fucking like no like I'm not even kidding you. Right. I so believe... now you're now this is like Stockholm syndrome is what you're experiencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I started believing her, and I, it was it, it 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 is one of the hardest things to be accused of because you you like oh like you you don't have any you don't have any proof. That you didn't do it. No recourse, I, right? And the only yeah. reason this Big Brother thing is so it, why, especially, became a big deal is because it's in the Big Brother house, and there's thousands right. of cameras to, um, to get every single angle, and there's other people in the house, and there's all these people to watch it and make their own decisions. And I mean, I know for a fact that there are people defending her in this situation. You know, there are, yeah, uh, yeah. even though she's come out and said that. Uh, it was all her fault. There's still people who were defending her. Um, but, you know, it, it's it, it's just what it is. Um, did the Me Too movement die in the last month uh, from this and maybe what we're going to cover in the main topic? Oh, it's very possible. Yeah. It might have been killed by this lady named Roxanne and two women named Dana. But we'll see when we get mm. into the main topic. Uh, I'll let you kind of recover here, Fro, and I'll do what I saw on TV. Uh, Alone Together finale was mm. this week. So you can go ahead and watch that. Um, mm -hmm. Very good season. This season was way better than even the first season, Fro. I think they kind of tightened up a lot of the jokes. They, uh, they kind of have a lot... They, the first season built up a lot of the character development and stuff, and this season I think they were able to just stick... Stick a lot more jokes in there and have a lot more fun with it instead of having to build up characters and build up where they are and all that other stuff that they did in the first season. Um, overall, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10 for this season. Good. Mm -hmm. I would totally recommend it uh, for anybody that likes something kind of quirky and uh, let's, uh, what oddball comedy maybe would be a good way to put it, right? Uh, I'm sure you heard about this comedy that uh, is on Netflix. I'm sure you will never watch it, but it's Unsatiable. Me and my dad has watched Unsatiable uh, from the start uh, right, to okay. the ending. I'm sure you heard about this. Right, I uh, saw it, didn't... it did not look like my cup of tea, but you know, right. to, to each their own. It, it has been heavily criticized uh, because it is... Uh, fat shaming and things like that oh, uh, in okay. the show. It has been heavily criticized by people before they started watching it. And the reviews of it is pretty awful. It is one of the most funniest shows I've watched in many, many years. Uh, I think, I think if you kind of like quirky comedy shows uh, and you kind of have to leave your brain uh, a little outside of it and, and just just get the humor and just sure. live with it and the characters in this uh, TV show. I will give this TV show a 9 out of 10. Unsatiable. I really, really recommend it. And I don't think people should uh, listen to reviews of it and actually just make their uh, own mind up. And the funny thing is, like, uh, 
the more you watch of it, the more funny it is. And the, uh, the later you get into the show, the more funny it gets. So, like, maybe the two, three, four first episodes is not as funny. But you kind of have to stick with it, because when it goes uh, on super humor mode, it really goes on super humor mode and sticks there. So, okay. insatiable. But yeah. you're saying I probably would not enjoy it. Um... I don't know. I mean, that's the thing I, you said at the beginning of the review, and then you said it's a 9 yeah. out of 10, so I'm a little bit confused. I, I I think it's a 9 out of 10, yes. Do I think you are going to love it as much as I did? No, I don't. Okay. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll see but it. I'll... I got Netflix, so it's available. Um, well, Let's go to Kidding next. Did you watch Kidding this week, Fro? I did. Kidding, a TV show with Jim Carrey. Uh, it's about uh, a guy who is the host of a children's TV show. He loses his kid and his wife divorces him, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of all in the same amount, uh, in the same time. But he's a very positive, like, all the time super positive, gotta be happy for the uh, children kind of guy, like... It seems like they're very much trying to make him a Mr. Rogers-type character. Right. Um, uh, it's, this is, it's this kind is of a dark, dark, comedy. dark comedy. Yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, this is dark, dark, dark comedy. What do you think of it, Fro? Now, I thought this is one of the best new shows I've seen. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, it was fun to see Jim Carrey play this, this role. Uh, I think this is Jim Carrey's best uh, acting skill since Man on the Moon. Uh, didn't Eternal Sunshine comes after Man on the Moon? Did it? I think so. Let me, let me IMDb that. Okay. But in any case, that would be better, or that would be the one in, if it was after, right? Because that was also very good. Uh, but as far as kidding goes, I'll throw a that up, I guess. Um, I gave it a, a 5.5 to somewhere in between 5.5 and 6. I couldn't really decide. But right above oh, yeah. average, I didn't think it was as great as Fro does. Um, I thought it kind oh, of felt, really I don't know, it felt a little bland. But uh, like I maybe it's just because I, I was expecting a little more haha comedy and there wasn't a lot of that. It was more uh, awkward comedy. But uh, maybe yeah. I'll get more used to it in the second episode and enjoy it more. I don't know. What about you as far as, like, out of ten? Uh, eight? Seven? Eight? Okay. Seven? Seven and a half. Seven and a half, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind came in 2004, and uh, Man on the Moon was from 1999. So, yeah, you're yep. correct. That's what I was. That's what I thought. Yeah, and he has actually made a good movie after Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. I love you, Philip Morris. It's uh, one of his more uh, must underrated movies, if you ask me. I've seen that. I don't remember him being in it. He's not the main character, is he? 
Yeah, he is. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. What am I thinking of? That's it... like the one that's like about big tobacco, and the guy who works for big tobacco. Yes, man. Oh, uh, thank you for not smoking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's Jim. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a Jim Carrey movie, but it was good. I like Thank You for Not Smoking. Oh yeah. Um. Yes. Uh, another thing that I think you and me have still uh, watched together is The Purge, episode one. Well, we didn't what watch did it together, think... but we both watched it this no. week, Grant. <laughs> yes. What did you think about The Purge? <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. I was kind of worried because I had not, I have not seen the 2018 um, movie. I'm, I'm waiting for it to come out on DVD, the 2018 movie. Um, right. And it hasn't come out on DVD yet, so... I haven't seen that either. Right, so I was a little worried going into it that it was maybe going to be piggybacking off of that, but it's really not. It's right. a whole different, no. uh, separate entity from the movies. So I was pleasantly surprised there. Um, and overall, I really enjoyed the character buildup, and that's really what we got in episode one was character buildup. So, yeah. Um, so far, it's following to the formula of the original movies. Uh the one thing I'm kind of concerned about is it that, that it's on TV. And so there are certain things that the movies can, can, can't or can do that. The TV show is obviously not going to be able to do, but, um, well, I, I figure they're going to find ways around it. Yeah. I, I think they went pretty far with the religious aspect of it. For example. Right. But I was more talking about like the, the violence, the level of violence. Yeah, the, there are certain like, cuss words and other things like that that they're not going to be able to. There, you know, there's limits that mo- that TV has that that movies don't have. Is I guess my right. point. I totally agree with that. Would you? What would you give the perch? I gave it a solid seven. A solid seven. I totally agree with you. Yep. I mean, the uh, one thing that I would say is hindering it is the act. The the quality of acting is not top notch, but it no. is. TV quality acting. I'll give it that. But nowadays, TV has movie quality acting in it. You know, like yeah. like a, a 100 or a uh, Westworld. So, yeah, I got to dock at points for TV quality acting. Especially the co- corporate uh, black woman. I don't remember her name, and there's a reason because of that. But she's maybe the worst, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a. I was thinking the one uh, scene I was thinking of that really stood out in my mind as bad acting is the scene with the two uh, young kids that are going to the party, and then the oh, yeah. the cab driver. That scene, it was cab just driver. like, God, I don't believe oh. this. Not because uh, yeah. of the dialogue, it's because they just aren't delivering it very well. Right. Right. Um. And the last thing we both watched was Mayan MC, um, sequel to <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. Or a spin-off. You... It's more of a, a spin-off, spin-off yes. than it is a sequel. But yeah, I mean, it's based in the same it's universe, that. I guess. It's got, yeah, what, and based after. one or two of the same characters? Yes. Uh, but a lot of new characters... Uh, there was one scene in it that really made me upset, but why don't you go in and tell you tell us what you thought about it first? Do you know what? I did not like this show. Um, uh, not as much as I thought <laughs> I Because it's kind of... Uh, it feels like it's playing 
on the tropes from Sons of Anarchy. And I didn't really want another Sons of Anarchy show. I wanted this to kind of stand on its own feet. Still still brutally like honest. I, I thought it was good. But I thought it went a little too close to the storyline about like uh, betraying people. Oh no, I have to be a part of this uh, kind of storyline that we had already in the original. Right. Okay. So it 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 uh, its biggest downfall is that it's trying actually a little too hard to be Sons of Anarchy. Well, it's a little copy and paste. I think is what your yes. point is. Like. Yes. He, he is almost the same character, the main character, as the main character yeah. from that show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, well, they do try to make the connection to the, did you see the the one connection yes. they tried to make the original where uh, yes. the lady from Married with Children, she's in the prison and the main yeah. character is getting, so I guess he was actually in the main, the real show. It was just in that one mm-hmm. scene and that's how they're trying to connect the two, which is kind of crazy, right. like really distant try, trying to connect. But the one scene that really made me, like, cringe in this was there's a scene where they, uh, the guy gets, the the, uh, the main bad guy, I guess, he chops the dude arm off, the big Samoan mm-hmm. guy, and the, mm-hmm. they're supposed to clean it up, and they, they say, hey, ro- prospect, clean it up or whatever, and he drops the thing, and the blood splashes all over the guy, and it's like, oh no, I gotta take my shirt off, because I got blood on my shirt, and it's like, yeah. just this gratuitous, like... Oh, uh, we. How do we write in this guy taking his shirt off? That oh, was no. what that was. It was like the writers were like, "Gotta be able to get him shirtless." How do we do that? I know, blood will get splattered on him from like a barrel landing in a pool of blood. It was just the worst, terrible, this hackney writing I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Uh, and and uh, that's kind of why it was such a disappointment. I will give this a four out of ten. Oh wow, we're pretty close. I had four point five, so we were. I yeah. mean, I was a little higher because it it was still fun. I mean, I still had fun with it, but there was a lot of just really stuff that took me out of the story. So, uh, the last thing I watched on TV was co- something called the Imitation Game. No, not the movie. Look, the Imitation Game. Remember that movie from two thousand and something? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. But uh, the imitation game is uh, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, uh, where Im- imitators need to suddenly, like, imitate thing, uh, people. So it's like, Theresa May! No, you're Theresa May. Like, thing. And it's a panel show, and it was pretty awful. Uh, I don't recommend it to anybody. Uh, the imitations were lame. Uh, the, uh, the jokes were lame, and it's the last time I'm watching it. Uh, so I'm giving it a one out of ten. Oh, the okay. Imitation game, yes. British cool TV. beans. Oh, actually, I guess there is one thing I wrote down about Celebrity Big Brother that I wrote down as like a note to say um, before oh. all the crazy Roxy stuff happened. Uh, right. Um. Celebrity Big Brother is stealing from Big Brother Canada, is what I wrote. Uh, mm. Wendy the Washing Machine? 
I wrote down yeah. like a question mark, and I go, Marsha the Moose, more like it. <laughs> they just straight up stole Marsha the Moose idea from uh, from Big Brother Canada and put it in this and called it Wendy the Washing Machine. They didn't even try to come up with like a interesting name. They just were like, oh, we'll just el- alliterate just like Wendy the, uh, or I mean, Marsha the Moose. I still like it, uh, but it's not as good as Canada, you know. Also, we we should say that Jermaine, uh, the football player, was voted out this week. Uh, he's going to have a lot of explaining to do to his wife. <laughs> I liked how Emma pointed out, like if if the whole Roxy thing hadn't happened, you would be in a lot more trouble than you are right now. You're yes. very. He's so lucky. He really is really lucky. He's, he's really really lucky. <laughs> and I feel sorry for his wife. I really do. Uh, well, yeah, if she's but, still his wife at this point, but yeah. Yeah. What? What wife? I didn't say I had the wife, did I? And then tonight is uh, always sunny in Philadelphia, so looking forward to that. What? Yep. Is that back? Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Season 13. It's not, like, so. it's not like I watched it this week or something. Yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, our main topic. Uh, first and foremost, <laughs> Luke, I'm sorry about this. Uh, this was my pick. Uh, I'm extremely sorry that I made you listen to six hours of uh, Drabble. And poor quality Drabble at that. I mean, like, <laughs> if it was quality, if it was at least uh, quality audio, which it, uh, yeah. and not recorded off of like a uh, 1940s uh, rotary phone, <laughs> then yeah. Uh, let's go into it. First episode. Um, first oh, episode. I think the best way to do this is go to the iTunes link. We'll do the description first, and then we'll go into what we thought of, like, because you know what I mean. Okay, sure. Yeah, because I've got notes for this. You have notes, bro. Yes, okay. I do. Alright, Total Warriors... Oh, that's not right. We didn't do uh, Dana Warrior Live, which was the first one that came out in 2016. Um, So this was definitely not kind of part of the podcast. We did not cover that. But So we'll call this episode one. Um, uh, WW Ambassador Dana Warrior presents Total Warriors. This Friday I'm kicking off my next loop... With the launch, I don't. My next loop. What does that mean? I don't uh, know. With the launch of Total Warriors in a special edition live podcast, Total Warriors is born directly of you. Without the loyal warriors, the unit, the U, WWE universe, uh, this exciting first step could not have been built or taken. I've genuinely blessed and build a relationship with all of you. Bloody bloody blah. Oh my god! I just want to know what's on the freaking show. <sighs> Total Warriors, everyone uh, in the WWE, WWE Universe is invited uh, yep. to call male, female, every era fan with eyes on nostalgia to the modern roster fan. Oh my gosh, the description doesn't actually say anything about what's on the show. I thought it would. Okay. Uh, my desire is to interact the vast WWE Universe. So please utilize our social channels with hashtag AskDana. Right, we'll get into that. Um, so let's get into episode one, which I guess 
<sighs> really, there wasn't anything... Oh, that's probably why there's nobody in the description, because there was nothing on episode one. Like, there's no uh, well, special guests or anything, right? Well, was one thing that happened that was kind of funny. Well, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of stuff that happened that was funny, but there were no special <laughs> guests like the other ones, right? No, no, okay. no, no. <clears throat> okay, so episode one, we open up, and it's basically her just talking about why she's doing this podcast. Uh, at this point, I... Know, I quality in the first episode is it's like uh, uh, because it's clear that they had a lot of technical problems and i was thinking like okay this is where luke would stop and say hey hey, hey we have a problem we have to record this one more time <laughs> right and this british guy that has probably presented himself we don't know his name before episode two because he doesn't say it again because they had technical problems. Right, and but she does call him uh, Mother at one point. And it's yeah. very confusing the first episode because they never tell you his name <laughs> or that that's his nickname for him. Uh, so it gets really confusing in episode one. And, and this guy is being paid money to, to edit this show together. And the audio quality, it'll be like the in intro music is like at a thousand decibels. And they go to the audio and it's like you have to turn the volume all the way up to the top well, yeah, and then it goes yeah. to a commercial and it blows your ears out you're like ah! <laughs> oh like i said i'm so sorry that i made you do this and the audio quality doesn't get better by episode three let me or episode four let me tell you that. it doesn't get <laughs> no. any better well, well some segments are better than other but we will talk about that later Right, so, so far, I'm just going to go through like what my notes were in episode one, so we can kind of go through this. We don't want to take forever on each episode, but uh, I have down my first note of what she said in here. Uh, Vince McMahon is our chairman and our god. She calls Vince McMahon god. <laughs> and later, uh, oh, I can't wait when we talk to the psych about the psychic, but uh, yeah. We're not even close to that yet, but continue. What did you have down for episode one? Do you have a note, kind of, your first note about episode one? Now, the first note I have <laughs> is, I, I wish uh, Luke is, so it made some kind of sense, the intro is awful. <laughs> Say that again? You kind of broke up because you were laughing. It's hard to understand you when you're uh, laughing and talking at the same time. Sorry, I said, I wish Luke could edit this so I could understand who the fuck is talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, so basically, she yeah. this whole episode is she's going into about, like, her charity work with the Warrior Award and, uh, 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 what's that charity? They go to hospitals, uh, and Make-A-Wish and all these other charities. It's all about charity is what this podcast is about was what we find out in the first episode but what did i have for my next and also also i have a note if if uh, and i said this on our podcast like if you take a drink every time she mentioned her de dead husband during this first episode you will be pretty drunk or dead maybe <laughs> i think you'd probably be dead by the end of it but i don't know if you'd you'd probably pass out before the show is over from drinking too much alcohol poisoning or something yeah, because she talks a lot about her dead husband. She has a big thing that she uh, it is all about positivity, Fro, right? She's all about yeah. positivity. 
she, she says, you got to ignore negative people. Anybody who's being negative, you got to ignore them. <laughs> By the way, I go I to children's hospitals where they have yeah. cancer. There, no, You know, Fro, there's no negative people in a cancer treatment facility. That can't, nobody would possibly be negative there. But she ignores negative people, Fro. So she is mm-hmm. apparently ignoring, ignoring kids with cancer. That's what I, I'm going to go ahead and... <laughs> Kind of that, this, jump, this will jump come one back. step. This will come back later in the episode when the most exciting thing happened. So we get, uh, she does uh, Q&A kind of. She calls it Ask Dana. Yes. So it's kind of a live yes. podcast, so she has people calling in uh, to ask yes. questions. Yes. Is any of this real? Yes, the first caller is. And I will give you the reason why. His question is so uh, personal, and she is so <laughs> fucking unprepared for that question. That, She's unprepared yes. for everything. She she never has a... <laughs> like, that's the thing about Dana Warrior. She will start a sentence and not know where, what the end of the no. sentence is going to be. Yeah. She starts it, and she just <laughs> talks and talks until the sentence ends. And it doesn't always have to make sense, bro. When you say a sentence, it doesn't always have to make sense. Like, this one sentence I really liked of her, she's talking about um, working uh, uh, working really hard um, and that if you make enough money that you can spend it on, you know, lavish cars or really expensive uh, houses, or like, you should be able to do that. But she says, as long as you're not taking a dime out of your kid's mouth. <laughs> Why are you putting money in your children's mouths? Yeah. That she meant not taking food out of your kids' mouths, but she says dime <laughs> and she says it twice. Like that she thinks that's the actual saying. Like she's feeding her children nickels and dimes and pennies or something. Yeah. But yeah, let's go back to what I found was the most interesting thing, the first caller. Of the night because he he starts like, hello, I'm a big fan. You met me here here and there. Oh, and she goes like, yes, super nice of you to call. What's your question? And he's like really positive. And then he 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 asks her, uh, your bro- <laughs> your brother that you you uh, don't have any contact uh, with. Is shit talking you on Twitter? What is your response to that? <laughs> and, sh- and you can hear, hear hear the quietness on the other side. It's the first time she's quiet in the whole fucking podcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and she's like, uh, I don't like negativity. So I'm not going to respond to this question. Right, that's the part where she says, you got to ignore negative people. And then she goes on to oh. talk about going to a children's hospital. All right, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, she One of the callers ask, asks her, who is the best female and male wrestlers in the, in the WWE? And her answer yeah. for best female wrestler is, get ready, Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> yep. That is best female uh, wrestler right now. Oh, here's something we didn't point out at the beginning of the show. Uh, the intro to the show where they're kind of saying, "Hey, welcome to Total Warriors. Uh, this is our uh, email address or whatever." It's a it's a voiceover, but it's a guy doing this really horrible uh, ult- Ultimate Warrior imp- imp- uh, impression, impression yeah. that is like yeah. 
not, it doesn't really sound like Ultimate Warrior and is somewhat offensive because it's very clear they're doing this to sell the podcast, but they're using her dead husband's voice, fake voice, to yeah. do so. A little bit uh, cringy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty awful. Any it's other notes awful. on episode one before we move on? I got a couple more notes. No. Okay. No, I don't. I wrote down, wow, so incredibly humble, this woman. That was one of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> she talks about how she's so humble, but the whole time she's like, I'm so skinny, and I'm just a blonde skinny. Just, uh, you know, I'm so outgoing. <laughs> like, she she does nothing but talk about herself. She's such a narcissist. And she's, then she says right afterwards, but I'm really humble, you know. Um, and then uh... I wrote, my last note was, she is clearly being told by WWE what to say. And I wrote yes. down some of the things. She wrote down, she says, all the people out there in the WWE universe, like, uh, she says, when I was at, at the Hall of Fame and the WWE universe was cheering for me, like, what person says that and not doesn't say the crowd? You know what I, I mean? Unless you're being told what to say. Uh, she also says... Uh, now, then, forever, which is like the thing at the beginning of the, d- yes. the Raw. She says it like yeah. four times in this podcast. Yes. Like, they're obviously yes. telling her to say these things. And she calls the people who listen to her podcast her tribe. That was the other thing oh, I wrote down. Awful. And this is one and a half hours, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm like, if you want to torture yourself, Go right ahead, but there's more interesting episodes. This is maybe, it's kind of funny, this is the most boring episodes on all. Oh, it is, but I I knew I was getting in for something good when she called Vince McMahon the chair. She says something like, (laughs) Vince McMahon is our chairman. Chairman. I mean, he is like God. That's like what she says, but she says chairman like uh, like she was talking about Mao or something. Like she's talking about the emperor. Okay, episode two. WWE Ambassador Daniel Warrior returns with episode two of Total Warrior Live. Dana will discuss all things warrior, workout, fitness, and answering your hashtag Ask Dana questions. WWE superstar Dana Brooke will join Dana. Uh, That's not confusing. Dana Brooke will be joined by Dana Live, an exclusive interview. Yeah, not at, at all. Uh, a little like weird. Uh, with a uh, launch of her new makeup line, Macy and Mia. Available at Maybelline. Macy no, we don't need it. That, yeah. that we don't need to cover. That's just plugs okay. for her makeup line, right? So that's what's going to be on episode two. All right. All right. Why don't you go into your first note of this episode? Well, I did not know that I did not like uh, both Danas. I Was that your I first first Dana note Brooke. though? Because the Dana Brooke interview came way later in the podcast. But I don't like Dana Brooke. Right. I kind of already knew that, but I was uh, it. I really determined it here. <laughs> but look, I, I only have one uh, note before the Dana Brooke stuff, so I guess I'll do mine first. But I wrote because a lot of the very beginning of the whole thing is her talking about her workout routine, what she eats every day, like how she gets up in the morning and goes works out, and how great she is for 
uh, her perseverance. Again, really humble, guys. Super humble lady. Um, but she said, but she says, listen. They start talking about uh, Ultimate Warrior's workout ethic, and they have a call oh, in from a guy who says, Jesus. "I worked out with Warrior, and he he kicked my ass." And she's like, "I wish everybody out there had the the uh, drive of Ultimate Warrior when they worked out." Now I, I wrote down here, "Working out like that is what killed Warrior." With yeah. a heart attack. <laughs> You're telling people out there to go do what murdered your husband. Yeah. But are we going to this site looking at her makeup? Because well, yeah, let's go, in, in, let's go into like the interview with Dana real quick. So they're okay. talking with Dana uh, Brooke about her makeup line. And this is where yes. I actually wrote in my notes. Me, Me Too movement is dead, killed by Dana Warrior and Dana Brooke. I wrote yeah. that right here. Selling mm-hmm. makeup to feel imp- uh, to s- selling makeup to feel empowered is like selling a mask uh, to be yourself. That's what I wrote. <laughs> That's a really, really good quote. Uh, and yeah, let's go to maysiennamia.com. Uh Slash playtime is over. Right, so uh, this is just her makeup line. I just figured we'd check it out because uh, I was listening to most of this in the car on the way up to the WCWC show. So yeah. I didn't really get a look at, it, at any of this. So I figured we'd kind of go over nothing really interesting here except that... Yeah, a cute picture of her, uh, her with her dogs. Oh yeah, look at that. Show yeah. compassion... Remain the, humble. The it says there. It says um, remain humble again, bro. Humble yeah. is what this is all about. But the price of this bundle, Jesus Christ, it's a hundred and thirty-four dollars. I don't usually use makeup. I don't know about you, but uh, is that expensive? No, makeup is really expensive, bro. You'd be surprised. Okay. Yeah, I, I've, I've, sh- like, I've bought makeup for girlfriends and things, or like, you know, uh, th- those kind of when they wanted something. So I know how much it can cost, and it's very expensive, uh, almost ridiculously. Sh- but what do you get in this one hundred and thirty-five dollars? You get a highlighter, lip gloss, yeah. two lip glosses, a mascara, and some fake eyelashes that are yes. called eyes on the prize. Yeah, that's very how clever. See, most of them are kind of clever. Like, Playtime is Over, Bundle, Determined yeah. to Glow is the highlighter, but then DJ Lip Gloss. What the hell yeah. is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I have no clue. Right. And the Dana Lip Gloss, and then you have the dis- distinct mascara. Right, and so the big thing that really offended me here, the reason I wrote down uh, Me Too Movement is Dead, is because she Dana Brooks specifically points out yeah. that she made this makeup line for the Me Too Movement to empower women. Yeah. It's so disgusting to use uh, the Me Too Movement to sell shit. It's fucking disgusting. That's why I want you to go to About, the About segment. Have you... Uh, the about better? where? Where are we? On, on Macy the... and Mia? Yeah. Oh, okay, no. I, I just went away from it. Okay, I'm going back. All right, I'm at the about. <laughs> they also see a picture of... of. But is that Dana? No, it's not. Like, whoa, what is this? I don't understand. Those are the same dogs, but that's not yeah. Dana. Yeah. So they took a picture with Dana Brooke with the same dogs? Yeah. Oh, wait, here we go. This explains why it's called DJ. Macy and Mia is named after DJ Victory's beloved dogs. So this company is owned by a DJ named DJ Victory, and that's why the makeup was called DJ. 
Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go to uh, the most interesting uh, podcast. Oh, wait. I got one thing to say. Oh. Uh, episode okay. two. As far as uh, they... After the uh, Macy and Mia, uh, Dana Brooks section, they go to the Ask Dana, hashtag Ask Dana questions, right? And this mm-hmm. is, I just wrote down, they never, she never answers a question clearly at any point. <laughs> no, no. She never gives like a yes or a no answer to anything. Because no she never wants to like be de- definitive on anything in this whole thing. Uh, and this is where I wrote down fake calls. Because all these people seem to know her personally somehow. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yep. So she's definitely getting some fake calls, like just to fill in the call ratio. But we'll find out in episode four. She stopped doing the calls. Yes. Uh, and then the last thing that she said <laughs> during the outro of episode two, she says, uh, "I'm not a religious person." She says, yes. "I'm not religious." She says that, and then yep. at the end, she goes, I'm, "I just want to send out prayers to everybody that yep. is being affected." I'm like, "Wait, what? <laughs> you just said you weren't religious." <laughs> yep. But remember, she's not religious for episode three. So go ahead. (laughs) Because now we're going to talk about my favorite episodes. Episode three. Uh, WWE Ambassador Danny War. I don't know why I find that so funny to say. Uh, Returns on this special Friday the 13th episode. Dana and Steve. Wilton. Wilton. This is the yeah. British guy. Right. This is where we find out the British guy's name, who's, who she calls mother. And I really... Yes. She never really is explains why she calls we, this we, guy mother. Yeah. Sorry? She never really explains why she calls him mother, no, other than that, no. like, he's a guy who hangs out with her and her kids. So it's really weird. Yes. And he's in Britain for some strange reason. No clue. Really weird. Uh, yes. Um... And uh, discussing all things spooky with warrior ghost stories, a live tarot reading with Aliyah Moon, and warrior energy cleansing with Herman Patrick, and WWE NXT's superstar Lacey Evans will join uh, in the interview. So, right, okay, and uh, right. Uh, I should have mentioned in episode two, episode two was a a episode where I definitively knew they were working with WWE because they used Dana Brooks actual theme music, which they would not be able to use unless they were being uh, put up to this by WWE because that's copyrighted by WWE. But we should point out WWE does not take any credit for being involved in this podcast at any point. Right. And I, kind of understand why on this third episode. Right. Okay, the first thing I wrote down here is sponsored by Old Navy, which I guess in episode two, they were also sponsored by Old Navy, but uh, guess what? In episode four, Old Navy gets, they're gone. They are out. <laughs> yeah, the fourth episode. Uh, it's it's so different to all the other. Uh, but, uh, uh I, I think we should maybe start with the spooky story she's telling. That's what, what I have as the first time. So uh, she's going to tell us a ghost story. 
And Luke, can you reenact? <laughs> I don't know which ghost story you're talking about because they t- t- tell a couple of ghost stories. So you're you're gonna have to go into it. I don't have that in my notes. Okay. Uh, the fir- the first ghost story is where she tells uh, that she sees uh, the ghost of his uh, of her late husband, more or less, everywhere. Right. Yep. Yep. She says before the ghost stories at the beginning when they're kind of introducing the pod- this episode, she says she believes in ghosts, God, evil spirits, uh, white light magic, and, and uh, lower level demons. And I wrote down here, is this podcast just a cry for help? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it pretty much is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But it's it it is kind of it's kind of interesting because she's like, uh, yeah, no, I have him with me every day. Warrior is with me. I can feel his spirit like on the strangest like happenings uh, during my day. I can feel his spirit with me uh, without me knowing. And she laughs. It's kind of like off. She's like. <laughs> It's so it's so normal for me. <laughs> right, and in that in that story, I was super confused because at one point she starts going into something about her house. Her house was built on an Indian burial ground, and she didn't mm. know about it until later. And like all this crap that you're like, what does this have to do with the story you're telling right now? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it makes absolutely no sense. So what is the next thing that happens? Uh, they, then they do the tarot card reading, which really isn't all that interesting, but the, mm. I guess what we're supposed to assume is this guy, Steve, is kind of the um, the guy who doesn't believe in all the tarot card readings and all this other stuff at the beginning, but once they get done with the tarot card reading, Steve all of a sudden believes everything for some reason. Yeah, and in the tarot card reading, she gets... They say that there is this manly figure that is standing be- be- <clears throat> behind her and uh, thinking of that uh, she called Vince McMahon, God and the Chairman. It's pretty obvious that they're talking about him. And Dana goes like, yeah, I know what, who this is. And she goes, yeah. I know who this is. And I go like, yeah, we all know who this is. Just move the fuck on. It's Nelson Mandela, everybody. No. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, yeah, this manly figure is going to, uh, uh, has helped you starting your podcast and will keep you a little behind. So you are prepared to do something even bigger with your life than this podcast. So this tarot card reader is saying that she's speaking to Ultimate Warrior beyond the grave and that Ultimate Warrior helped her create this terrible podcast that is awful and Uh that God and ghosts could somehow not figure out how to edit audio together. (laughs) Oh, but yeah. So next in the podcast... We yes. meet, this is where we meet Herman Pet- Petrick. Is that how you say his last name? Yes. I think Petrick. that's a bit. Yes. 
Right. So this guy is an energy clearer. Is that what we're going to call him? Yes. Uh, he's from New Zealand. And we actually he's found this guy's website. Uh, we did. But as far as what they say on the podcast, he says... One of the things he says is that clearing the negative energy... I think he's using like Reiki kind of energy clearing methods. Like a... He says clearing ne negative energy can cure disease because the demons leave your body. Mm hmm Yep. Uh, he also says that bad thoughts are caused by energy demons as well. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the website. Yeah, it is, uh, uh, it is a fantastic website. And it is uh, called www.globalenergyclearing.com and we are going to go to Let's the go about, about home page no go to the home page oh. okay home page first okay yeah i think i just mislinked it but i i got to point out that i love his picture up here that looks like uh he works for huffington post and that would be the picture <laughs> at the bottom of an article but um <laughs> does uh, it yes yes Welcome. Let's go into what they offer. Yeah, oh. Aww. I was going to read out the welcome thing. Oh, go ahead and do that, and then I'll do okay. the what they offer. Yeah. Welcome to our website. It's a great pleasure to have you scrolling through our pages. We energy shifters who perform energy cleansing remotely, removing unwanted energies for people and property. We are currently traveling the globe, shifting the energies around us. However, we can help you uh, with, uh, wherever you are. Our mission is to help uh, as many people uh, we can to live their life to the full passion of and purpose, unhibited by limiting energies. And we would love to help you reach your full potential in every aspect of life. We really hope you find the information you're looking for in these pages. It says oh. here, it says, uh, we energy shifters who perform energy clearings remotely. Yeah. Does that mean he's doing it like over Skype? Yeah. Okay. What they offer, sleeping mm -hmm. solutions... Energy clearing for people and properties. They said that. Uh, removal of intentional negative energy placement. Uh, uh, examples, assault or physical attack, sometimes known as curses or hexes. Mm -hmm. So, and Dana Warrior says she also believes in curses and hexes. By the way, not religious woman, though. And, and very humble. Not religious, very humble. Remember that about Dana Warrior. Uh, soul retrieval. Gotta find out more about that one. Does that mean you can bring somebody back to life? Uh, okay. Cutting soul ties. Mm -hmm. uh, psychic cord connection removal. Chakra balancing. Chakra removal. I don't know if you want to remove your chakras. That's not probably <laughs> not good. Idea. Reiki in person or remotely. How do you do remote Reiki? You have to uh, put your hands over the top <laughs> of the person. It doesn't even fucking make sense. I don't know. Removing of hidden altars, uh, reset genetic records of trauma and spiritual life coaching. Some and of those you, are fucking you, strange. You forgot, you forgot sleeping solutions. Did I skip over that one? Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. That was right way at the beginning. Um, 
Probably because it's not that's the least interesting one of these all, but... But uh, what are the signs of a negative attachment, you ask? Look. Right, low energy, headaches, mm? quick-tempered uh, depression or anxiety, problems with sleep, uh, hypersensitive... It says bad dreams, restless sleep. And in the podcast, he said bad dreams, of course, caused by demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, energy demons, as he calls them. Hypersensitivity, hearing voices... Feeling stuck or lost, feeling powerless or helpless, seeming to have bad luck. <laughs> Fucking shit, man. This is. <laughs> and the last one is lack of purpose. Uh, oh my god. But aren't you happy? Because you know what? You can get a free energy check. It's a free evaluation, so he, yeah. he's not gonna he's not gonna fix anything, but he'll check and see if there's any bad energy for you. And, and you can also get a free chakra reference guide, uh, which is a ten minute Skype video. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I I so want to do this on the podcast. Right, and get this guy on here and just, like, Ugh. act like we totally believe him. Yeah. Okay, now we can Ugh. go to About Us, I guess. Uh, there's just a lot of testimonials in the About Us, really, but we <laughs> yes. can read the top part. Yeah. Uh, While residing in... Be- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you do it. While residing in beautiful New Zealand, we discovered our life purpose was to help others on their journey through life. With all the things that life are meant to be this kind of natural and easy. That's good. It's true. It's a true joy to help others contact their higher self. We believe the first step in this uh, process is to become clear of any negative attachment. Do you know what? Are they some Scientologists? <laughs> uh, they are, they're talking about energy demons. So that yeah. is the Scientology kind of. And becoming Claire as well. She, they do say she says that all the time in the podcast, don't they? Yeah. She says he made me clear. I'm, I'm a clear I'm human, clear. and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's yeah. maybe he's just stealing things from other religions, kind of. <laughs> maybe. Once this is done, the natural healing process can begin. Herman has cleared thousands. There it is. Of- there it is. Herman has cleared thousands of negative energies. And works as an energy shifter. And Rebecca, uh, her, his wife, I'm guessing, is I'm guessing. a re, uh, Reiki... What? what? Pre- pre- Reiki pract- practitioner. Yeah. All healing work can be done remotely. Please contact us for details. And check out my blog on... Uh... HuffingtonPost.com. Alright, let's move on from there. <laughs> you got you guys have to go to the website and see the picture to get that joke, but, but uh, I, I just want to say that I I I am a little I'm a little sad because there's no prices here because like for example You have to the, contact them for a quote is what it says. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it but depends on how many demons you have. It depend, I, the price is dependent on the number of demons in your uh energy field or something right but i want i went to their uh and uh info site and there's a personalized energy clearing and that has a hundred and fifty dollar us dollar value why am i not seeing this 
I'm info. I clicked it. Click info. Oh, okay. I clicked and, it and it didn't work for some reason. Right. And then you go to the energy workshop agenda. Oh, and I just missed them, Fro. They were in May here in Portland, Oregon. Oh, no! But they will be back here in October in Seattle, Washington. It's a, quite a ways Ooh. away from me, but... Yeah. But, yeah, if you see their personalized energy clearing, and that has a $150 value... Oh my so gosh, we, we go down and there's all the descriptions of the things. Removal of curses. Sometimes in yeah. life we cross paths with people that intentionally send us negative energy. Uh, so the in essence, the family of negative energy hanging around you for an entire generation. Soul retrieval, soul ties. It explains all this stuff on here. Oh my gosh. Mm. Soul loss occurs when the result of a traumatic experience throughout our current life or past lives. Uh, these experiences could be physical or mental abuse or even spiritual or emotional trauma. So this guy is taking advantage of people whose, like, family members have died, like Dana Warrior, is what it is. Yeah. Alright, okay. anything else for episode three? No. I had one thing, um, during this section where they're talking about energy clearing, for some reason this guy is, like, eating chips or Pringles yes. Yes. the entire time because you hear yes. crunch, 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 and then, like, the thing yep. get popped on the top. And the last thing I had down is uh, she says this in, like, every episode, but it started freaking me out because it's a really weird thing to say. Mm -hmm. uh, WWE community activations. Did you keep hearing that phrase? Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, community activations is what is meant by, like, when they go to children's hospitals, like Dornbecker, or where they go right. um, to Special Olympics and help Special Olympics. But to call it a community activation, it's so, it's so like, Orwellian-sounding to me, isn't it? Yeah. So, here's the thing. Me and Luke, we were just going to do these three episodes. Uh, another thing, I had to call Luke during the week uh on something uh totally unrelated and i told him right uh, oh look by the way uh there has came out one more episode of total warriors do you want to do you want to have that as well to the list and you're like heck no uh no you said yes uh <laughs> so we uh, this uh was released the first of September, right? Because this is supposed to be a monthly podcast, so we had right. uh, uh, so e every month for the last or those three months, there was a like it, it came out on the fourth, uh, uh, on the first, on the thirteenth of mm -hmm. those months. What uh, July, uh, June, May? I guess it would have been, right. um, and then this one in August. It comes out the 31st, like the very last day you could possibly get a podcast out in August. Even to the point where Fro, when he saw it, it says September 1st because right. he's in another country. So she like very last minuted this podcast. Uh, I didn't think, we didn't think there was going to be another podcast at all because it no. hadn't come out yet in August. So, but yeah, let's get into episode four. John Steve Wilton and WWE ambassador. I just think that's funny. Uh, where they heels of SummerSlam. Dana Warrior takes a trip down memory lane when, with one of sport entertainment grades. 
the honky tonk man and talks about hashtag inclusion revolution with Special Olympic Marketing Vice President Malisha Sadler. Then uh, Dana is joined by the biggest WWE superstar of them all, Big Show, and WWE's own goddess, Alexa Bliss. I was so fucking afraid that I was not going to like Alexa Bliss after this interview. <laughs> because of the Dana Brooke interview? Yes, yes. <clears throat> right, well, she wasn't trying to sell shit. Well, she kind of no. was, but well, she was only trying to sell WWE stuff that you yes. could tell she was being told by WWE, hey, yes. this is yes. what you say on the Warrior podcast, yes. don't go off script. Yeah. All right, so my yeah. first thing here that I wrote down is... Not really about the podcast, but I wrote, uh, a pool full of shit is horrible to get in at first, but this pool Dana's in is warm and filled with money. <laughs> Remember the magic, the end of the magic Christian, bro? Yeah. They filled I, the pool with like vomit and shit. Yeah. Um, I wrote down Old La Old Navy, no longer a sponsor. Yeah, I wonder why. He and then the first old... one of the first things she says in this episode, which the last episode I pointed out, but she wrote down, she says, I've been really busy with the activations in the community arm of WWE. Yeah. And I, I thought about it, and I'm like, what if you add the word deployed? Deployed to activations in the community arm of WWE. Doesn't that sound like being deployed by the military? Yeah, and it's like she's funny. like going and supporting civilians, like she's some kind of troop. This is crazy talk. And and that oh, we fucking forgot about that uh, on uh, on that one podcast, uh, last podcast. She she talked with uh, Lacey Evans. We totally fucking forgot uh, about that. Did but I have was... that down? Let me see. I might have some notes on it that I missed. Uh, that was the last episode, but they talked right. a lot about the military. Uh, because Lady, uh, Lacey Evans was in the military, and right. it sounded like that fucking. It sounded like a fucking commercial for the military. It kind of it was, was, but the yeah. WWE does work with the military. Like, uh, you know, they have the U.S. Army kind of um, logos. Sometimes you'll right. see them like as sponsorship and things like that. So, not surprised, but. We're going to find out who else they work with in this podcast. So, um, oh, I think know. you'll actually be surprised, bro. I think there. I went a little deeper down the rabbit hole than maybe you even think. Uh, what did I write down here? Oh, what did you have any notes for episode four, like begin at the beginning? Yeah, uh, the audio quality was really shifting here, <laughs> and because something is clearly cut out here. She is talking to the honky tonk man, and then she's going back to the live because when she talks to the honky tonk man, the audio quality is okay, and then she goes back talking live, and it sounds like she's calling from eighteen seventy three on the right. landline. Uh, there was one point at the beginning, or at the beginning of this podcast. This is the one the thing that I wrote down about this podcast. They open it up, and it's like the intro bit where they're telling what's going to be on the show. But for some reason, the the opening like music, they didn't like fade it out so that you can listen to what they're talking about. So the whole time they're talking, it's five minutes of the music looping 
over and over and over again while background. you're trying to hear what they're saying. It is yeah. so terrible as far as uh, production quality of a podcast. Yeah. And, and if people are, think we're sitting here throwing stones in a glass house, yes, we're totally aware of it. Right, but we're not being paid like millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars by WWE. And this no. th- this podcast is being sponsored, I guarantee you, by WWE. And it, uh, I, it's definite that they were getting money from Old Navy. And you think Old Navy was giving them a little bit of money? I doubt it. I bet they were giving them a lot of money. Yeah. We're not sponsored by Old Navy, but if Old Navy does want to sponsor us, I don't. I wouldn't mind. Um, <laughs> I wrote down. Can, anybody can sponsor us. <laughs> I wrote down again. WWE licensed music of the Honky Tonk Band. I wrote that yes. down here again, so it's yes. very clear. Uh, I wrote. I wrote. She says she does this sentence thing where she's like talks and talks and talks, and this one point she, well, like I said, she'll start a sentence and not where know where she's going. And in this one time, she couldn't figure out where to end it. So she says, you know, I could just go on and on in, in ways. I could go on and on in ways. <laughs> That's how you just wrap up a sentence when you don't have a fucking clue what you're talking about. But I I, I don't know if I feel sorry for her. But I, I kind of do and kind of don't. It's okay, like... now we... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I thought that was... No. No, I, I was just going to say, like, my respect for her is totally gone. The little I had. But, I uh, mean... To be honest with you, I never did, because we know Warrior was a racist. He put all those videos out on YouTube, remember, back in the day when he was alive, uh, right. where he was talking he, very racist shit, and she was married to him, so it's not like she didn't know he was racist. Right. Um, but speaking of racist, uh, we get into the part where she's talking about the Special Olympics with the lady, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. And she says, she calls Hulk Hogan Voldemort mm-hmm. and then laughs like, oh, and then, you know, there's Hulk Hogan Voldemort. Oh, no, this was in the honky tonk part. So she's saying that Hulk Hogan is like Voldemort, like the, the person, uh, what do they say in Harry Potter? The one who cannot be spoken of, or whatever. Yes, yes. And that's what she's saying about Hulk Hogan. Like he's the one who can't be spoken of. Like she's saying, what he did isn't as bad as. Is that what she's saying? That it's not as bad as people yes. are making it out to be. Yes, yes. So she's saying Hulk Hogan as a racist is not that bad. She right. said that in this podcast. Yes. Um. I wrote down what are we trying to sell with the Warriors' death here, and I wrote oh with the Special Olympics. Yes. Um, Special Olympics is where we're going now. Uh, this is, I mean, I don't want to rag on this too much, but the lady who is the, that she's talking to about the Special Olympics and Dana are the two fakest people in the world. Yep. There is no sincerity here. They are, it's just all corporate jargon bullshit that they're spewing and it's so gross yeah. that they're using these dis- disabled kids to try to sell this shit yeah um i wrote here's what dana says about special olympics it's so amazing and so fun and special and great and you can do things in your community and it's so good and great and special that's what she said mm-hmm. that's all she basically had to say about this yeah it, it is it is sad because it's it's like I feel like people are getting taken advantage of here. 
Right. I um, actually had to stop listening to this pot, this episode right here because I was so angry, Fro. I actually right. wrote down, I hate the world, and I underlined it three times in my notes. Right. Just to remind myself where I stopped, I rage quit this podcast, Fro. And I, I totally get it because I had, I, I, I had to listen to this episode in two takings myself because I, I can take it. Like, especially the interview with the lady and Big Show. And, and Big Show sounds so fucking sad when he talks about it. Like you, you right? You we'll can, get. To, we're you, not there yet. We're still you, on the other part, but we'll get to it. Right, but but okay. but you can hear that he's not involved with this because he wants to. He's involved with this because he has to. Something like that, right? Because he's he, obviously he's a big attraction that's gonna you know make the kids go ooh ah. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So I understand what it, why it is he, they want him to do it because it it is good for the kids and like I don't want to say Special Olympics isn't good for uh, the kids which I totally agree it is. Oh, yeah. It's just the way they're going about trying to sell it is yeah. very very uh, manipulative and underhanded. All right, uh, there's a part in here where they're talking about the inclusion revolution, Fro, right? Yes. And they're going and and the Special Olympics lady is talking about all the things WWE has done to help with the inclusion revolution. And what does she say in this? You know, all the stuff that's going on in Saudi Arabia with you guys, it's really helping out. Yeah. Saudi, and I wrote down, Saudi Arabia equals hashtag inclusion revolution. How fucking... What? <laughs> Yeah. How is Saudi Arabia an example of the inclusion revolution? <sighs> this is insane. And and I think we now should go to the inclusionrevolution.us site because yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is a, a site. And we should right. go to the oh. about section. And what do you see a picture of in the middle of that picture? A man from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not the middle. It's kind of off to the right. But well, yeah, some. Yeah. In, in it's the middle definitely of the right. a, like you could tell by uh, uh, his specific outfit. Not necessarily the person right. himself, but they're trying to portray him that way. We should right. point that out. I don't. We don't necessarily know that that's who. It, but the the no, this inclusion no. revolution website is trying to portray him that way for sure. Right. Right. So we are the people of the United States of America of all backgrounds stand for the principle of diversity and inclusion and seeks to have the values manufactured in every institution and among all the people in our society. The declaration was organized for the Center of Global Policy Solution. We will talk about them a little later. With the support of the original signers of the de declaration of Inclusion. So right. So what it's saying here is this website, Inclusion Revolution, uh, the Inclusion Revolution, the declaration itself was organized by the Center for Global Policy Solutions. Right. So as far as uh, when it comes to Special Olympics, they are uh, piggybacking on this declaration of inclusion. They didn't create it. Neither did WWE. They're both just piggybacking on it. And the declaration of inclusion wasn't created by the Center of Global Policy Solutions. So let's go there because we kind of have to right. jump all of a sudden to find out where we're going. So this is globalpolicysolutions.org. Yep. And this website looks really... 
What what is the word I'm looking for? Glossy. Uh, it looks governmental to me. It looks yeah. like if you were to go to the DMV or like um, human services here in America, that's what this kind of website, that kind Oops. of website would look like. Um, but go to the about page and go to mission. Mm-hmm. And mission. The Center for Global Policy Solutions drives society towards inclusion by advancing health, wealth, educational and civic success for diverse populations. Uh, it says here, the Center for Global Policy Solutions is a 5013 think tank, think tank. Mm-hmm. You know what think tanks are, Fro? Yep. An action organization that labors in the pursuit of vibrant, diverse, and inclusive world, which everyone has the opportunity to thrive in a safe, sustain- sustainable environment. We are committed to promoting equitable outcomes of marginalized populations while strengthening the nation as a whole. Okay. Um... Now where I want you to go, Fro, is go to the About Us again and go down to Staff. Alright? Mm-hmm. Dr. Moya Rockinmore. Right. Uh, She's oops, the president and the, the CEO. <sighs> Sorry. For some reason, I clicked Who Are We there for a oh. second. Right. Oh. So this is the Staff... It's one lady, Fro. <laughs> yes. Dr. And who Maya, is this lady, Fro? She's the president and the CEO, and she was the one that talked uh, on her right. podcast. Right, but I went, and I went to LinkedIn, and I found this lady's LinkedIn page, Fro. Ooh. <laughs> and guess what I found out? This lady what? is la- married to Congressman Elijah Cummings. Okay. She is... Uh, she worked for the Policy Institute of American Universities. This lady is, uh, she's a governmental, uh, think tank policymaker. Ooh. Yeah. And the th- really strange part is Elijah Cummings is a Democrat, bro. Ooh. Working with WWE. Very strange. Uh, these connections, I'm going like. You start at the beginning of the inclusion revolution thing, and then you go deeper into it. Like, if you go to the top and you go to... There's another... Uh, it's called globalpolicysolutions.com. Right. Which is not globalpolicysolutions.org. No. Right? And you go to our team. Who's on that? Leadership? Okay. All? It's just one lady. It's just this one lady. Again, there is yeah. no staff. There is no leadership. It's just one person pushing all this stuff. Very, wow. very weird when you look into it. Wow. Our team, yeah. One person. Right? <laughs> Why would you uh, even put a section called our team if you were just going to put one person in it? I don't know. But then when I found out she's married to a congressman, I was like, holy crap. What the hell? So now, if within this podcast, I'm able to connect the military the government, WWE, and uh, all these charity groups as working together by, like, using this one lady. Right. That's crazy to think about. That is scary. All right, going into the inclusion revolution, uh, this is where Dana Brooks says, having blonde hair is just like having a mental disability. She basically yep. says that. Yep. That's <laughs> because more or less what she said. Because, you know, people who don't have blonde hair will discriminate against you. She equi- <sighs> She's making the equivalency, which is horrible. 
Uh, we go into the big show. Uh, we we gotta wrap this up. We've been talking about this forever. Uh, we go into the big show interview. That, that, that's the thing with the podcast. We can make it as long as we fucking want. <laughs> right, but it's getting at like a million degrees here in Oregon. So that's the only thing I'm worried about. But I'm willing to go forever if you want to go forever. Um, big show <laughs> interview. Is... And I wrote down, and she says at the beginning, Big Show is one of the most professional people I've ever worked with. Yep. And I wrote down, Big Show vaping through the entire podcast is so professional. Yeah. Because you, you hear this is the, so clearly. The, the whole time, too. Like, every time she he stops speaking, all, like, yep. this is what you hear. <laughs> <laughs> that is so and she, clear. And yep. she's trying to talk over him. And, it's you know, it's extra loud because imagine how big Big Show's lungs are. So he can yep. take these big, giant... Uh, vape hits you know so it takes forever and it's super audible very annoying but i, I thought it was funny because she I, just called him so professional and then that happens right and i'm guessing it's not smoke no big show used to be a smoker and he vapes now like uh it's ah. been a big uh, joke at the um hall of fame because he'll sit in he's the only guy sitting there just like vaping it up the whole time at the hall of fame Ah, okay. Yeah, he used to have a problem with smoking, but now he vapes. So I, I guess it's better. That's what people uh, say, at least. That's what people say. Hey, hey. Yes. All right, did you have anything about the Big Show interview? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he sounded so fucking low. And so, like, he didn't want to be there. It's 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 almost a little sad. Right. Like, he was like, God, I wish I could just vape more. Um, <laughs> then we move on to our Alexa Bliss interview, which is the, fi- the end of this episode. Uh, they talk about Alexa Bliss's life. They talk about her eating disorder. Um, and this was okay. I, I, I was so worried. I was going to hate Alexa Bliss because she's my, one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, there was one thing she said that I'll get into, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, and, and I, I, I thought... Her interview segment was okay. I mean, it, she seemed it was... like a decent human being. I'll give yes. her that. Yeah. So I don't. It, right. I didn't mind. I didn't mind it. And I also wrote down uh, here: no ask Dana because they totally bumped the ask Dana yeah. segment. My guess is because nobody was actually calling in the last episode, and it was just all fake calls. So they were like, "Shit, this isn't working. Let's cut that segment." That's my guess, bro. Um, Alexa. Bliss talks about the Nia Jax storyline and says it was so great and it uh, really showed little girls that bullies bullies will end up losing in the end. And it was like, is that what happened at the end of that storyline? I'm pretty sure you had the title. (laughs) (laughs) And then didn't Nia Jax turn heel right afterwards? I'm sorry. That was so bad because it's just like ret- retconning history. Like, yeah, and it yeah. was clear WWE told her to say that. Another thing, yeah. clear WWE told her to say she was saying that social media is available to way too many people, and it's terrible because of bullying. So she's mm-hmm. saying we should just take what take social media away from what poor people? Or how do you claim? <laughs> how do you want to like take this away from people? Alexa Bliss. I don't think she really thought that through. No. And the last thing I wrote down for this interview, which 
Dana Warrior. This is the very last thing we're going to talk about. She said this twice at the beginning of the interview and at the end of the interview with Alexa Bliss. Uh, she said, if there was one superstar I would want to be, and if I could get in a time machine and go back, I would become Alexa Bliss. And I yeah. wrote down, what is how, a time how, machine? Yes, yes. <laughs> how do and time machine work? I I, I also, I had, I had the thing here, it's like, uh, if she goes back in time to become Alexa Bliss, well, uh, won't that mean that she's going back to when she was young? Instead, but that's of not what when... she said. Yes, no, no. That I am. I know that's not what she said. So it makes absolutely. She no said sense she wanted all. to go back in a time machine and become yes. Alexa Bliss. Like a time yes. machine can make you into a different person. <laughs> I, re- I She just doesn't understand when she speaks, but. The f- weird part is, like I said, she said it at the beginning of the episode, or the yeah. interview, and at the end. So and she actually thinks that's what a time machine does. I know. I know. She has no fucking clue. Maybe she's watched, two, like, a couple episodes of Doctor Who, and it was, like, in between <laughs> seasons. You know what I mean? That would actually kind of explain it. Uh, okay. Uh, final thought. What, did the, what, what would you... Give this podcast out of 10. Just a point 0.5. Point 0.5. Wow. But, uh, I, yep. I, I think you're nice. I'm going to give it a clean, fat zero. Uh, I'll give it a point 0.5 just because it had to do with wrestling. How's that? <laughs> I understand that. Okay. Honky Tonk wasn't that bad, actually, but I was expecting Honky Tonk to curse a lot more, and Alexa Bliss was okay. Those are the two interviews that were not that bad. Um, But the Honky Tonk one, I figured he would cuss up a storm more than he did. Right. Yeah, no, I liked it. But overall, if you listen to this, um, excuse me, podcast, you need to go back and remember why this podcast was clearly created and why Dana Warrior called Stephanie the best wrestler in the WWE is because of this tweet Stephanie McMahon did in what, 2015? Yes. Yeah. 2015, Stephanie made a tweet. Why don't you read us that tweet, Fro? I can't. I have Twitter. Oh. Philanthropy is the future of marketing. It's the way, to, the way brands are going to win. Yeah. That's what this is, is... Philanthropy, trying to make money, using philanthropy. That's what this whole thing is all about. Yeah. I actually have Twitter ba- uh, blocked on, on my computer. <laughs> Scro- hashtag scroll free. <laughs> so really, to con- in conclusion, Dana uh, Warrior, humble, yep. not religious. Yep. And uh, Stephanie McMahon, greatest wrestler in the WWE. So... And uh, Vince McMahon, God, doesn't God. Don't, yep. don't forget the, about that. Okay, let's move on. That was a lot about Total Warriors. Uh, that was a lot about Total Warriors. <laughs> it was. We said we were going to uh, rant, and I definitely ranted there. Uh, but you you said something to me. Uh, a listener doesn't know this, but we sometimes takes breaks. We don't record this in one take. 
But you you said something about uh, Big Brother uh, going back to celebrity. Big oh Brother. yeah, right. Yes, want to uh, uh, bring up. Uh, you, you said something about uh, Rodriguez. Rodrigo, right? Remember Rodrigo got why Rodrigo got kicked out of the house for saying that yeah. for saying neighbors yeah. multiple times, and then we're pretty sure he said something else, kind of ra- a racial slur, but then we never found out what it was. But I, I just find it strange that that. The media coverage of that compared to this whole Roxy situation was very minimal when you think about it. Oh yeah, for yeah. a guy saying the N word twice on national television. Um, I think I think the reason and, and here here's my uh, two thoughts about it. I think the reason why it was so talked about was because she was caught red-handed in in. Something that a lot of people care about now because of the Me Too movement. So, right. so that's what I was thinking. It's because of the Me Too uh, movement. But I just think yeah. him saying the N-word like that, it sh- that should have been big news too. I, I don't, yeah. I'm not taking away from this being big news. I'm saying that should have also been big news. And it's kind of weird, <laughs> like, mm, the just, the, you know, how society works right now, especially with the yeah. Me Too movement. It's kind of like... That's the most important story, even if there may be other important stories. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And, and we hate the N-word. Uh, we hate it so much that we call it neighbors. Right. So. Hey, uh, talking about people that are neighbors, uh, Castle Rock, <laughs> because they are actually neighbors in Oh, right. Well, they are all neighbors, kind of. Uh, it's a small town, right? So that was the best segue ever. But uh, yes, Castle Rock, uh, episode eight. What is it all about, Luke? Uh, newcomers set up shop in Castle Rock, Maine. A couple opens a unique bed and breakfast in Castle Rock. Meanwhile, Henry learns that the B and B house holds the answers to the kid's past, and suspects the kid is responsible for Alan's death. At Ruth's hands, Henry follows up on the clues. This was good episode. This I really like so, this episode. Yeah, yeah, I really like this episode as well. I was uh, definitely um, right last time when I was talking as far as timeline wise goes about like yes. when things happened. Like last episode was very confusing, but yes. uh, uh, definitely cleared it up as far as timeline stuff in this episode. Of course. Yes, yes, because uh, I was watching this with my dad today, and me and my dad, we text each other on WhatsApp uh, while this is going on. Uh, so I, uh, we were texting back and forward, and I was like, uh, oh, I wonder if we will uh, get to know if the sheriff is dead or not. Two seconds later, uh, Henry goes into the, right. into the, uh, the room and, he's, and the kid is showing him on the floor and the police is coming. Um, I thought it was weird that the police just showed up like right then, I guess, but we don't really yeah. know how much time passed in between when the gunshot happened yeah. and when. Um, right? Or was it nighttime when he got shot? Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and know. see if it was nighttime when he got yeah. shot or not. Seem to remember her being in the dark when she. But that that could be. Um, she's. She's no. Yeah, it was definitely nighttime. Remember, because she she just saw the silhouette. 
That's why she didn't know yeah, it was yeah. him. So it had to have been nighttime. So he'd been sitting there for a while, and then the cops just show up then. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I think uh, we found out more about... Uh, uh, I I really like the B&B stuff. The Better Breakfast is... There was a lot of murder in this episode. How many murders were there in this episode? One, two, three? Three? Four, maybe four, four. If the people in the woods both got killed, but we never saw the kid. Oh, yeah. We only saw the oh, yeah. we never saw the, the kid, older guy. But... Yeah. Which that he... we're we're supposed to assume that the girl killed him, right? With because she was right. walking out with the screwdriver. Yes. So yeah. Yes. So she's a murderer as well. Right. And uh, uh, I thought it was uh, interesting how much the kid gets to speak in the two last episodes. He suddenly, like, I... Knows how to his... talk? Right. Yeah. But uh, I find that a little... I don't really know if I care too much about that. But uh, it's like... It doesn't really follow the storyline, but kind of follow the storyline, if you got... What I mean, it seems because... like he could be a little more cryptic and not like all these full sentences about stuff. Like right. he could just say like right. you know three word answers to things, but uh, right. it's just what they're giving us. And I, I mean, it does take away a little bit from his creepiness when he does like a full paragraph. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, and 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 the storyline about his son. Uh, like the son of, of uh, the main character uh, getting sent out of town and suddenly gets the same uh, air thing that his uh, dad had. That is kind of airy. Right. And then I guess we found out the kid used to be a kid, which I didn't know. Like, right. the when Alan was with him in the woods, he said, I saw you in the trunk. We never see him in the trunk. And you look exactly the same. But then we see the painting in the B&B, and in 1991 he was a kid. Right? Or the paintings. Right, the paintings. But the, one, the oldest painting, which he found out was from 1991, which is the same year he right. was kidnapped or disappeared or whatever. Um, right. Which we don't know what that is yet. But it, that picture was him of, a ch- of uh, uh, the kid as a child. Which right. The kid as a kid, I guess. Right. Yeah, no. It's, what is it, going on with the picture? Do you think that's the biggest question I have out of this episode? Is what um, what connection does this picture, this painting, the kid, and him disappearing in nineteen ninety one? What's connecting all those things? And that's I guess we're gonna find that out in the next two episodes. So. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you. Do you think this is going to end this season? I'm seeing a lot of buzz about it, so probably not. I, I kind mean, of it, hope. I ho- we said it at the beginning. I, I hope this does yeah. just wrap up right here, and it's just one season done and done. And maybe if they yeah. want to do a different, uh, I don't know, short story. story or something by him, yeah, or something, I'd be fine with that. But I would just rather they wrap it up here. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned because I, I think it's like. The way they they are wrapping things up. I mean, we found out this episode that uh, 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 she's probably a ghost. Uh, this uh, 
psychic lady. What can we call her? She's probably a ghost. Yeah, she. Uh, the kid says to him, uh, to her, uh, that's where in the forest, where you died. Oh, right. Uh, that's where we, we, we end this episode. Right. I was assuming that he's seeing the future, but he's talking ah. about it in a past sense because he's already I, seen it. Just I like thinking, just like the mother could kind of go into the past. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Ah, I was thinking maybe it was like she is a ghost. But how, sh- how would she have killed the guy in the woods with the screwdriver if she was a ghost, bro? Hmm... I don't know. Right. Uh, uh, has she interacted a- with anybody? Yeah, she w- did the whole thing where she was trying to sell the town square. Remember? So unless yeah. she's died in between then and now, I guess. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Hmm. Okay. Another question died? that I've seen posed online is that the kid is some other character that we've already seen. I'm not really sure what that's... Like, maybe okay. the kid is his dad. Or something like that. Oh. Ooh. Mm. I don't get that. Though. I don't get it either, but there's a lot of theories going around right now online. That's another reason yeah. I think they might want to milk it for a second season, because there is a lot of kind of fan fiction happening right now about the show, so. Yeah. But yeah, what would you go uh, get this episode? I'll give it another 8.5. Yeah, I will give it a 9. I I I liked it. Uh, I was in love with the last episode, but we talked about that already. So, <laughs> but I liked this. I I really did. Uh, have you seen any movies this week? Uh, yeah, I saw a Steven Soderbergh film called Unsane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about a girl uh, who. Gets admitted to a mental hospital, but then her stalker shows up as, like, somebody working there. And yes. it gets a little weird, um, very strange. And then the ending's kind of, a, I don't know, not really a twist, but it's a little interesting ending. Um, have you seen this? I one? liked ending. Yeah, I liked ending. Uh, did you see it this week, or did you saw it recently? Yeah. Which I one? this week. Oh, you saw it this, saw week? this week? Oh, yeah. Okay. What are the chances, I guess? Um... It came out in, like, March, so it's been out for a while. Uh, oh! Yeah, the, what are the chances we both would have seen it this week? That's very strange. Wow. Um, strange. I, there were some things I really disliked about this film, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the cinematography was not great. Uh, camera yeah. work was very... Uh, it looked British TV movie. Um, mm. Or British TV... Yeah, British TV movie, not show, really. Uh... It felt kind of, it had an agenda, and it was to yeah. scare a specific group of people that I don't think need to be scared any more than they already are. I'll just, I'm not even right. going to go who, into who it was, who it is that I'm talking no. about, but I think uh, Frodo is probably who I'm talking about. Yes, yes. And, and uh, here's the thing with Steven Sotenberg. I, I love him as a director. I have a huge... Um, I, I, he's done good respect. things and bad things in my opinion but the good stuff oh, he's yeah. done has been really good so like uh, the two parts of Cher was amazing I love Cher but Che Guevara have you seen mm-hmm. that? Uh, yeah. no I have not uh, 
behind the ca- uh, candelera, candelabra, candelara, yeah, so something like that was also really good. But uh, uh, one thing that uh, I saw this week that I saw a trailer for was uh, the trailer for the new uh, movie from uh, the Born Maker. Uh, uh, what born Paul identity and those? Okay. Yes, Paul Greengrass uh, is coming out with a Netflix uh, movie called Twenty uh, Second of July, and it is all about the terror attacks in Norway. The terror attack, I guess we should say. Attack. Sorry. Well, it, it was it was two places. That's why I called the attacks. Right. Okay. Sure. Right. I guess it was could... on the build, building in 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 town and on Uta. Um I I thought the trailer was awful, and I I don't want to watch this. It feels like uh, you're milking a tra- strategy. Is this the uh, one we it's... covered in the news at one point? Yes. Okay. Uh, one of my biggest, like, pet peeves about this movie uh, is that uh, when the Norwegians in this movie, because all of this movie is in English, right? And when they're talking English, it is so Norwegian English. They are very speaking like this. In every single line of the, the movie... They are speaking like this. Like a really heavy accent is what you're saying. Yes, yes. Like Like the director went, hey, can you you norge it up? I don't know if that's a thing. Can you norge it up a little bit? (laughs) That's one of the things I I hate when when they do that. Because then they could do it uh, with subtitles. Instead of like making like sure people understand that... This is happening to people that are not English talk- talking. Why the fuck are, are you then making the movie in English? I really, really, really don't understand it. I actually because saw an article that... about this movie this week uh, saying it's on the short list for the Oscar picks, like the American Oscar no, picks for foreign the, film the... uh, from Norway. So. No, that's the other. Uh, uh, the movie. other movie about the exact same thing. <laughs> yes. So, which one is the one we covered in the news? This one. Uh, this one. Yes. Okay. I was confused then. Yes, the other one is just called Uta, and it's already out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Came out this year. Yes. It, is it in Norwegian? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's probably the better one to watch. Yes. I have watched it. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I don't want to see this. Uh, because, like like I said, it, it's it's like it's taking... The other one was <laughs> uh, kind of... Uh, well, uh, the other one it was not really about uh, the terror attacks. It, it, it used that in a smart way. I really wish you watched that movie. It's, it is a really, really good movie, by the way. But but it's it's not really uh, tempering with people's memory of that day. 
this way this this movie is trying to americanize uh what happened right yeah so that's what i don't like about it sure but you haven't seen it yet so maybe it's amazing uh what did you see this week i will probably never watch it uh i didn't watch that many movies you just saw insane I, I did say uh, see Unsane, but I actually... Saw... We never gave it our 2 out of 10s, actually. I gave it a 2 yeah. out of 10. Oh, yeah. What'd you... You gave it? Uh, 3. 3 out of 10? I yeah. will appreciate that they tried to do something different in Unsane. Yeah. They did try to do something different. All right. But I did see one other thing. Uh, uh, but I watched... Yes. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, I watched The Equalizer. I hadn't seen that because I wanted to see The Equalizer 2. This is a Denzel Washington movie. It's a 2014 movie. Uh, I will give it a 7 out of 10. Then I saw Rebecca. Uh, It is the first movie that um, Alfred Hitchcock made in America. It's from 1940. And I will give it a 9 out of 10. How did you go from, I didn't see any movies this week, to seeing four movies? <laughs> Three. Oh, okay, well, something like that. Um, yes. I saw a movie called After Party, which came out oh, this no. week on Netflix. I heard about this. It's about two kids that are trying to get in the rap game, bro. And it's got a bunch of yeah. like real rappers like Wiz Khalifa, and uh, uh, I'm trying to think of who else it was in it. I can't even remember. That's the one name I can remember right now. Uh, and they puke all over Wiz Khalifa in this film. If you want to see that, I guess it's, it could be a bonus. But other than that, it was comedy, but very, very stupid. Kind of more for like a teenage, like end of high school, beginning of college kind of years movie. Kind of felt um, uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle maybe a little bit. Like that mm. kind of feeling of like a buddy comedy kind of thing happening. Uh, so overall, I actually gave it a four out of ten, so better than Unsane, uh, but still not, you know, great. Mm. Yeah, I saw something about this. I I have no interest in this. Let's uh, watch audio trailer for Ken. If I'm hard on you, it's because the world is hard. Ah, oh, Dennis Quaid. I like him. Yeah, he's pretty good. It's like they get him to do a good job or something. I heard some someone said that once. <laughs> <laughs> this is like every little kid's wet dream to find just like this massive alien weapon in a brother just oh, like a back been away for a long time. Stranger Things, yeah. Sure that you know I like that. that you're important to me. Who is this guy? The blonde oh, guy. I've seen so him. It's so irritating. I have seen him before. No, not James Franco. The other guy. I know who James Franco looks like. Just with other okay. characters. Yeah. God, what? Who is that guy? I've seen him in something. Yeah, me too. Maybe he's been in a TV show or something. That that wow. That's a good gun. found it. Somebody's got to be looking for this <laughs> thing. Whoa. 
Okay, that special effect did not look very good. You need to call someone. Turn to her. Find them. He's here somewhere. Dangerous people. Oh my gosh, I know who that guy is, bro. What? He's, um... From Strange Angel. He's the main oh, yeah! character. He just doesn't have black hair. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I did. I can't believe I. It's just he has blonde hair and not black hair. Yeah, so yeah, different. yeah, 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 yeah. Hope you're ready for that. He looks so different, though. That's crazy. I can't believe this whole time you haven't told me this. Yeah, he flakes Jack. That's right. Oh, and there's the lady from the Sinner. Yes. Yeah. This season of the Sinner. Okay, I haven't. I'm going. Yeah, to you gotta that. see the season of this. Yeah, it's good. you're gonna love it, bro. I heard some rumors about that. <laughs> How is the little kid in the casino? That didn't make sense, but the special I guess effects we'll find are out in the so moment. so. That one special effect looked really dumb. Like the gra yeah. like gravity didn't exist for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So what is okay. this Oscar-nominated movie all about? I was just checking to make sure. Yeah, that is the guy from Strange Angel. It definitely is. Okay. Yeah, it's um, Jack. Jack from yeah. Strange Angel. I, I remember Jack. Right. I just had to double check to make sure that we weren't getting it wrong. Because, yeah. you know, just for my own peace of mind. Um, while scavenging for a copper wire, Detroit teenager Eli Sol Solinsky stumbles upon a high-tech gun that holds special powers. His brother Jimmy lands in trouble with a local crime boss... The two siblings take the mysterious weapon and go on the run. Uh, 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. 33% mm -hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. And don't forget, Common Sense Media gives it 4 out of 5. Oh, it doesn't say that for me. It says Metacritic oh. gives it 35%. Oh. Strange. <laughs> Different uh, Googles, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yep. Nor Norsk Google. Norsk Google, yes. Um, talking about Norsk. Uh, I found something in, in a Norwegian. Uh, it's kind of funny that you, you said that. Um, because I, I, I usually read this newspaper uh, called Aftenposten. Because my right. dad uh, um, uh, has it. So I get to have it digital. Because he can share it when, with one family member. Sure. And uh, they were talking about Kim on that. Uh, uh, about uh, coming science fiction movies that's coming this year. Ah. But I found a half a star that I find kind of funny. Uh, doesn't say from who it is. Horrible movie. A long, drawn-out, boring character development. Suku drama. Build and marketed as a sci-fi thriller. Only about two minutes is actual sci-fi. The creators is a snooze. The creators of this snooze fest seemed to uh, wanted to be the first of multiple movies based on the information that is revealed about the main character at the end. I don't think uh, the eight people that saw this with me in the in entire IMAX theater at 7 p.m. at Sunday will be sh shelling out any more money on this absolute failure of a story 
if they make a sequel. I, w I wish I was like the people who decided not to see it after seeing the appropriate awful score given by Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see what happened on the Facebook. I, I just have like a few short ones. Jay French says, The entire movie felt like a build-up to the sequel. Uh, very uneventful and boring, but I do hope enough people watch it to get a sequel that maybe uh, that that might be a good movie. Um, Norma Berry, spelled B-R-I-A? Berea? Berea. Norm Berea says, uh, What in the world is it great for a 13-year-old to watch a movie with a kid in a strip bar? <laughs> this is PG-13 and only casts more doubt on Hollywood elite that are trying to make our kids grow up quicker than necessary. Also, Hollywood, don't call the language adult even if it's not even fit for adults. When you rate a movie, just say cussing. I don't know what that guy... Halfway through what? that, um, he didn't make any sense. Uh, and then the last one. Uh... Oh, I guess I got two more. Uh, Bob Stefano also says the strip scene, uh, strip joint scene, was not necessary for this PG thirteen movie. Uh, Allison uh, Garofalo says my fourteen year old and I saw, uh, went and saw this. We both loved it. Decent road movie. There's tw turns and a huge twist at the end that I didn't see coming. Hoping for a sequel in ten years or so. So oh. some differing opinions. Some people want a sequel. Other people's. Other people thought this movie should have never been made. So, well, there's some other brilliant movies out there. Oh, this got zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm not fucking kidding you. After ten reviews, it's called Yeva Vermos. Ye Vermos. It got a five point three out of ten on IMDb. A boy makes a list of places to visit and things to see after learning that he could lose his eyesight. To fulfill his dreams, his uh, estranged parents agreed to come together and make their son on an adventure and wacky journey of discovery. This is made by Pablo, Pedro Pablo Ibarra and it's a Spanish movie and it's probably shit. Because, yes, right. zero zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes is right. But does it have any ratings? Ten reviews, I said. Oh, zero percent and ten reviews. Okay. Yes. And five uh, let's see what else came out. And I'm the yes. uh, yeah, a little the little stranger. Uh, during the long hot summers of 1948, Doctor Faraday travels to Hundreds Hall, home of the Aries family. For more than two centuries, the hall is now in decline, and its inhabitants, mother, son, and daughter, remain haunted by something more ominous than the than a dying way of life. Um, let's see, five point nine out of ten on IMDb, sixty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, sixty nine percent on Metacritic. So the scores are actually pretty close there. So mm. it might pro probably pretty accurate. Domhnall Gleeson. Uh, Will uh, Poulter and Ruth Wilson are in this movie, directed by Lenny Abramson. Oh, I've heard of him. 
Yeah, me too. Uh, the last movie is Operation Finale. Fifteen years after the end of World War II, a team of top-secret Israeli agents travel to Argentina to do, track down Adolf Aikman, the Nazi officer who mass-made the transportation logistics that uh, threw millions of innocent Jews to the death in consultation parks, hoping to speak to him out of the country to stand trial. Agent Peter Malkin soon finds himself playing a deadly game of cat and mouse with the notorious war criminal directed by Chris Waite. Uh, so you're has... saying it's a comedy then? Yes, I'm saying it's a comedy. Uh, <laughs> uh, produced by uh, 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 Oscar Isaac, for example. Uh, doesn't have any... Actors I know, Oscar Isaac, Ben Kingsley. It's got Ben Kingsley. No, 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 nothing about them. Yeah, oh, so... Ben Kingsley is a very famous actor. Yes, it's Oscar. okay. Yes. Nick oh, I see. Nick Kroll. Oh, it's got Nick Kroll. Oh my gosh, wow. maybe it is a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is a comedy. Uh, it uh, gotten a six point seven out of ten on IMDb, sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and fifty eight percent on Metacritic. Right, and if anybody gets offended uh, at this being a comedy, there was a show called Hogan's Heroes. Everybody, yes. so just chill out. Yes, <laughs> I got the joke. Yeah. So, what of those movies do you want to see? Hmm. This is kind of a tough one. Uh, that last one I don't want to see. I don't want to see the Spanish one so much. So it's in between the other two. What do you think? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking King or a Little Stranger as well. I think I'm I, gonna go Little Stranger. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I was just going to say I I think I tend to want to see Little Stranger. But I have a feeling in the end, Kin might be m- a more exciting movie. But Little Stranger is done by the guy who did The Room, and I really yeah. did like or or Room, not The Room. Room. Yeah, room. And I did like Room, so. Room. The Room is different. Room, room. Room, 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 room. Thank you, what the fuck? Uh, so West Coast Wrestling Connection.com. Go to the website. Check it out. Do it. Go to audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. Coming up next week, we will talk News of the Week, Castle Rock Episode 9 review. Second to last episode. Almost done. Hell in the Cell prediction. Another digital review of City of Lies. Is that the, the hometown of Donald Trump? Uh, oh, what? Uh, New York? Yeah. I don't, uh, even, I don't even know where he grew up or not. I really don't know. And we will talk of uh, our uh, 2018 fall uh, series premieres. Our top five, top ten. No, we're, we remember we do this every year. We're going to do ev- all the brand new shows. None oh, yeah. of the ones that are returning. We'll do all the brand new shows coming out in those That's two weeks. 
and we'll just go through them all and, you know, uh, do a little description and tell you what we think, if we think we're going to like it if we're, or we think we're going to hate it. But uh, fall TV premieres, like, are in three weeks. So next week we're going to do the, the actual tell you all the premieres, and then a week after that you'll be able to see them, so. Yes. Uh, is there anything we forgot? Uh, no, I think we're good. Yeah, any retractions of anything bad we said? No, I mean, did, no. we could talk about Raw and SmackDown. Did you see Raw and SmackDown? I did actually say, see Raw and SmackDown. Right, the Shield stole a police van in the, <laughs> Raw. Yeah. So they're they're the they stole from the police. So they they'll be going to jail. Uh, and then on SmackDown, Sanity is alive. I was like, what? Where did Sanity come from? Yeah. I liked it, though. Um, I like SmackDown better than Raw, but I always do. I didn't like the ending bit with Brie Bella, but what are you going to do? Yeah. That's correct. Exactly. Uh, and everybody go watch WCWC on the whatever network. Go to westcoastwrestlingconnection.com and you'll find the online network you can join. But Spicy McHaggis matches from this weekend, Fro, were amazing. Aww. Some really good stuff. I'm sure Ooh. there'll be clips of it on the YouTube page as well, so go to West Coast Wrestling Connection YouTube page. Spicy McHaggis had this one match with the Magician, and it was amazing. Oh, I really want to see that man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a long episode of 152. We told you it was going to be a long episode, and we gave it to you. So, from United States of America and Norway, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. 